0: Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One.
1: Hey guys, we're using Poshmark and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike, Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams... Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark.
2: Another day, another unknown. It could bring your biggest order yet or a new cyber threat. Whatever happens, Comcast Business will keep you ready with a network that can deliver gig speeds to the most businesses. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities.
1: Get started with a great offer from Comcast Business. And for a limited time, ask how to get a $650 prepaid card with a qualifying bundle when you buy online. Call 1-800-501-6000 or go to ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. Prepaid card offer ends 9-21-21. Call or go online for details.
3: Well, hope you guys are all celebrating Memorial Day and enjoying a beer and a barbecue. And we got a Corolla Classic, I should say, with Chris and Gio. At the helm first, I'll tell you about Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Well, you do one or the other, and then there is uh your automotive policy. How about you get your bundle working? You put them together. It's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around the house. So go to Geico dot com, get a quote, and see just how much you could be saving when you bundle. You bundle at Geico dot com. So go to Geico dot com and get your bundle working today.
4: And welcome back to Corolla Classics for May 31st, 2021. Happy Memorial Day. That's right. Gio and I got you covered on this holiday. My name is Chris Loxamana, the executive producer of the Adam Corolla Show. And with me, as always, Corolla archivist, super fan Giovanni.
5: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in on Memorial Day. We appreciate you.
4: Yeah, we, we totally do. And we love doing the show for you. So let's get into it. Our first clip is from 2016. We got Hal Linden. Adam Cruel Show, episode 1901, Gina
5: Grad and Brian Bishop, in addition to Hal Linden. He discusses playing in the Army Band while enlisted, uh, and it's never been played before on Classics. Check it out.
3: Hal Linden in studio. So nice to meet you. The Fantastics is a musical. Hal, 85 years young, up on his feet, belting out the songs, uh, sounding amazing. I'm here. (laughs) I'm here. That's the good news. You look fantastic. (laughs) Still kicking. Is there, I've always think, you know, they always say, well, then when you retire, then you die. But there seems like something about being up on stage, having to hit your marks, memorizing lines, songs, lyrics, and things like that. It just, you has to keep the
6: edge sharp on your sword, right? The adrenaline kicks in, let's face it, and, uh, and pushes you through, keeps you going, that's all. So you... It's one way to stay alive, (laughs) is it? And it, I'm guessing, doesn't feel like work. Well, this one is is kind of physical, so uh, I do get, I have to watch it uh, because I'm climbing up ladders and you know, and down ladders, and so it gets a little physical. But um, I find um, I thrive. Maybe it's the lights. I don't know. Maybe it's the but the life on the stage always takes over and you and you live it and then you get home you go home and you're an old man again it <laughs> does uh so your your journey i
3: obviously saw you remember barney miller i guess i was 10 the first year it came out and i was born in 64 came out in uh, 74, 74 and then ran all the way yeah. through 82 so it was in it was my prime sitcom tv watching wheelhouse i Who think did you watch it with I'd watch it with my dad because uh, when I was 10, I think my parents got divorced, and I would be at my dad's house whatever night. I'm trying to think the Thursday night. Thursday night. Thursday night would be the night. I, I, I My parents did this crazy thing where they got divorced. My dad moved about 10 blocks away, and it was really just like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, back and forth. Eventually, an argument broke out. My mom's like, just take him full-time. <laughs> you know, hot it, it was Technically, it was a custody battle, but not in a traditional sense. I was like, way. couldn't he just live with you? Wouldn't that be awesome? It's literally what it was. I moved in with him when I was like 13, sort of full-time. But at that time, I remember we'd
6: always watch Barney Miller. Everybody uh, who t- who talks about remembering Barney Miller somehow comes up with, I watched it with my grandmother. I watched it with my uncles, my or my siblings, or
3: well, a totally different time when people would gather, gather. together, and you'd be all in the family zone, right, and right. everyone would just gather up and sit on the same sofa as things you can't imagine anymore. But that's how and you watch that, sitcoms.
6: That, that's a loss because that Absolutely. had a lot to do with with uh, familial closeness.
3: Well, also you'd have discussions about what what you saw. You'd yeah, because watch. in in in. Um, you know, all in the family. Obviously, there'd be political stuff going on. My family was very liberal, so they don't explain to me what Archie was talking about. A super uncomfortable moment watching Maud uh, happen with my mom, where it's like Adrian Barbeau went out on a date and she was turned out was with a black guy, and so, oh, was a little controversial at the time, and she split or something of that nature. But there was some point when Adrian Barbeau spent the night at the guy's apartment. Uh, at some point, somebody I think Maude like said, "Is it true what they say about black men?" <laughs> and I, as a nine-year-old, had to say to my mom, w- "Is what true?" <laughs> She's <was> like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> "I was like, think about it, that's a perfect scenario if it's a joke in a sitcom. I'm watching my mom, and I have no idea what is true about black men." Yep. And, outstanding citizens, they yes. vote
7: and they pay taxes.
3: <laughs> uh, so, Barney Miller. Let's see. We used to watch. Uh, there was Wojo Hohutz, who was uh, one of the guys. There was a great supporting cast: Steve Landisberg,
6: yeah, I miss Ron him. Glass, yeah, Jack Shu, yeah. It
3: was. It was a. It was. You want to talk about diversity before diversity in the the precinct, or it, at least. In uh, in your office, they had a they had a Chinese guy, they Actually, had a black guy, Japanese or a Japanese guy. It was Sue. Sol- well, I'll, Sol- tell I'll tell you that story. Tell me that story <laughs> hey, anyway. Asian fella, uh, black fella, Oriental fella, <laughs> oh, Oriental fella. No, you don't use, Ryan, that, term. You don't <laughs> use that term anymore. Back then, anyways. not appropriate. Back then, <laughs> uh, you had a Asian fella, you had a black fella, you had a Jewish fella. And you had back what was a nationality. You had a Polish, Polish. you had a Polish guy back when that was a nationality. And probably like, oh, and a Puerto Rican guy back when Puerto Rican was a big thing. It's
1: like a Benetton ad.
3: But we're talking about in like 1975, you had all of these guys. And now, see, what would happen now if you did a sitcom? Is they go couldn't we make that one guy black? And you go, well, that's not his character. And they go, just put a black guy. In put it, a black that. guy. But that wasn't going on back then. So how did you guys end up so diverse?
6: You'd have to ask the man who created it. Was a man named Danny Arnold. Danny. Danny Arnold. Danny Arnold was the creator, and um, uh, that's the way he imagined it. I I joined it uh, and. Met my fellow uh, officers just like uh, any other actor. How did Jack Sue get to be Japanese? <laughs> okay. His real name was Goro Suzuki. Wow. Goro Suzuki, uh, he was interned in Utah. Wow. In the Japanese-American and, internment camp. Right. And got out of it by joining the army. Mm-hmm. And fought in uh, Italy with the Japanese. There was a Japanese regiment or something. <clears throat> Um, when he came back and went into show business, Suzuki, right after the war, was not a good name. Wasn't right. popular. So he took Sue, and he, he was a singer, actually, to begin with, and he built himself as the Chinese Bing Crosby.
3: Wow, because his character in the show was so deadpan, deadpan. and kind of low energy, and he, I guess he did a great job, but you know, when I was 11, I was just like...
6: I couldn't picture that guy singing a cabaret song. Well, way back when. This is, we're talking 1946 or 7. And actually, that's where he met Danny Arnold, because Danny Arnold was a kind of a bad stand up comic uh, who finally went into writing, and they became friends, and, you know, playing American Legion posts and bars and whatnot.
3: So he later on yeah. cast him when he did Barney Miller. A, it was a real. Uh, ahead of its time kind of show, not only from the diversity standpoint, but just the kind of humor and the way it was presented. It just uh I, w- I wouldn't say it was edgy. It was it was funny, but it wasn't edgy for the sake of being edgy, but it just the look and the vibe and everything was more like a modern day
6: single camera. I'll tell you the the Barney Miller was an independent production. Consequently we didn't have a studio mm-hmm. looking over our shoulders. So Danny ran it personally, the way he wanted to run it. And um, we did one show where Wojo f- fell for a hooker. Wojo was the Polish guy. Polish guy. Schof- Wojo Howitz. Wojo Howitz. Uh, He fell for a hooker, and the way he wanted to keep her from plying her trade, he'd, he'd arrest the whole house. Mm-hmm. And we were just jammed with hookers and madams and whatnot trying to, which is, you know, eventually let him go. And he kept doing that. And I, I finally told him you, you're you not allowed to do that. You know, it's not not helpful. So he's, as she's leaving, he asks her for a date. And she says, sure. Like everybody else, 50 bucks. <laughs> right. At the end of the show, after he's Destroyed, You know, his mother would turn over in her grave, that thing. We have this kind of father-son discussion. And where I tell him you can't change other people's lives. You can only change your own. You can only do – you're only in charge of yourself. And the last – as he's about to leave, he turns back and says, Barney, can you lend me 50 bucks to payday? (laughs) Okay. Now, obviously, construction-wise, the entire show is built – to go to that line. right? Network said, you can't do that. You, that means he's going to go with the girl. And Danny said, how astute of you. You got, got it. it. <laughs> <laughs> you got the joke. And there was a, uh, there was a, 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 loggerheads. And we were shooting the show downstairs and he's arguing with the network upstairs. It's so and insane. We, it well, And we get to the, now this was like only the second year. We were not a smash hit. We were, by the hanging on by our fingernails. And um He we we shot the show in order. Uh, right without, without so, it. Yeah. So we got when we get to the last scene now, the director calls upstairs and says, What do we do? Uh how do we shoot it? And Danny said, shoot it the way I wrote it. Hangs up, tells the network, I'm shooting the show the way I wrote it. You can put it on or not. If you don't put it on, I'm not going to make any more. So hmm. the show was aired, believe it or not, with an X rating. Wow. <laughs> because he was going to give implied. 50 bucks. Yeah. Implied. Yeah. Implied. Yeah. Two net affiliates, I believe, in Alabama or somewhere, refused to show it. But, of course. The buzz. The Buzz, a, a sitcom, an X rated sitcom. This is 1975, six, six something like five. that. You know, it's yeah. hard. It's not today. <laughs> Three networks, that was it. And uh, uh, The Buzz helped the show quite a bit. Do you remember? But, but my yes. point is, that was Danny's attitude. Well, it's the only he, time any
3: kind of art works is if you let somebody who's in charge, just realized his vision or a her push. vision, and it, that's it. It, it. The committee it, stuff is always vision. a disaster. Oh, my <laughs> I had to include the broads, oh, yeah. you get it. But, no, I mean, I, I, I can remember, I, I would have insane, one of my insane conversations, like I'd had when we were doing our sitcom, mm. or trying to do our sitcom a few years ago, my stepson had to end up at uh, Burning Man. And, and one of the older guys who was doing things like, uh, change Burning Man. I've never heard of Burning Man, and no one knows what Burning Man <laughs> is. It's a Lollapalooza. Yeah, yeah, like, it's good. It's specific. It's really perfect for what his thing is. And uh, you know, I'm trying to be respectful, but most people have heard of Burning. Man. Well, I haven't, and these are sort of <laughs> out of touch rich guys. And like, if I haven't, nobody has. And then you just go ahead and change it. And they just. Everything is a is is an attempt to add a scoop of flour
6: to this stew and just kind of tamp it down, just make it a little less edgy. You know, you know the book. There's a book called "A Martian Would Never Say That." <laughs> oh, really? Which is a compendium of network notes Studio to notes, the yeah. to to sitcom writers. Oh, that's about, fantastic. And that was a line at uh, uh, for *Mork and Mindy*. Right. At network guy actually said. A Martian would never say that, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, it is. And, it's so insane
3: those those note <laughs> sessions you get, and mm-hmm. then and then just the, the the amounts. It's weird, but the amount of useless conversations, slash arguments, discussions that have been had could fill the Grand Canyon that have come to nothing. So <laughs> this fifty dollars is a is a is a zero. So many, it, it, I wish there was some sort of genie that could pop into the room and explain that nobody's going to care about this and <laughs> this will be a zero thing. I, I
6: mean, even well, in, excuse me, two stations in Alabama. Care oh, about well, that's it, true. So. A <laughs>
3: that genie would have to explain that you will lose advertising right. on that. What was, so how, what was at its peak Barney Miller back when the country had 200 and 10 million people living in it, what kind of numbers
6: would oh, it get? Well, in those days, we only had three networks. Right. So you had to do, uh, you know, like if you didn't do it, we, we hovered around, uh, I'm trying to remember the numbers, but, but 30, you know, it was, was a good number. 30 million. No, uh, thirty whatever it is. A thirty share. Thirty share. That's insane. That's insane today. Right. Oh, right. You right. know, but we we hovered. Uh, Bonnie was never a top ten show. We but we hovered in like nineteenth place. That's weird because it was just always part. Everyone knew what it was. Maybe it was the theme song. Maybe That's
3: it was right. <laughs> there was some controversy. This is going to be a bizarre conversation, but I only remember this from a million years ago. There was something I heard about you proclaiming how handsome you were at some point a million years ago. He's not and, wrong. Me yeah, Did, proclaiming
6: I was handsome. Yes. You now you're, modest, you're but very easy on the eyes. Uh, but I, I, I hope somebody else said that. I think I somebody didn't.
0: somebody brought it up
6: and
3: you agreed, or I can't remember what it was. Well, if you if, excuse me, if you, if you say it, I'll agree. I'm, yeah, not gonna, I'm not going to fight He's you. He's still at it. <laughs> Even at 85, he thinks he should be in the Thunder from down under, boy.
7: <laughs> Mr. Lennon, you've been accused of being handled. Uh, Charges you have not denied. Uh,
3: thank you. <laughs> I just remember. I don't remember. My my grandmother was reading TV Guide or something, and there was an article It just popped into the side of my brain. What is uh, so? You you were born where? The you Bronx,
6: were? New York. You you start out in Broadway, the Bronx. Oh, that, that was a movie. That was a movie was a named Baldwin after movie, a uh, a police station. Yeah. I think it Simpson was a Paul Street. Newman movie. Yes, it was. Yeah, remember that one? Don't Ford Apache, Apache,
3: the Bronx. Yeah, it was a real seventies kind well, of I, gritty movie. I
6: grew up about eight blocks from that police station. And uh, was it a rough neighborhood? That? Well, not when I was there. It turned into a rough neighborhood about the time I left it. And uh, it's probably kind of uh, urbanized again. What do you call it? Uh, sure. You know, re. Uh, yeah, it's, it's gentrified. It's probably gentrified by now. Was Did,
1: it? Can I just ask if it was what? broken up by you know the Polish or Italian or Jewish? Or-
6: when I grew up, it was uh, on uh, Jewish and Italian, and a block down where the pri- uh, st- free standing homes were was Irish, <laughs> and that was it. Your folks came from where? My father came from Lithuania. My mother came as an infant from, uh, what I think it's Belarus now, Bialystok, I don't know. And Russia. did they have
3: they had no interest or concept of you on and Broadway? And, Hardly. And any of that
6: stuff? What'd your dad do? My dad was a printer. He had a printing business. And when did you get bit by the bug? Well, it's a weird one. Uh, my father... Uh, uh, I had um, there were eight male cousins, mm-hmm. my brother, two cousins who lived downstairs, and four cousins who lived in another apartment and uh, My father was kind of the um, doyen of the of the family, and he decided that we should study music. I was the youngest of the eight, so we all studied music at, at one point, six of the eight were professional musicians. Oh, wow. Wow, and uh, and, and I mean not just professional musicians. First chair viola with the NBC Symphony, concertmaster of the Goldman Band. Uh, my brother was a professor of music all his life. Uh, b- really good, good musicians. Anyway, uh, I studied uh, legitimate clarinet. I was to be a symphonic clarinet player. I was very good and could have been. Um, hormones did it. Mm. I discovered that more girls went to dances than went to concerts. Mm-hmm. And so there went the classical career. Mm-hmm. And, and, and
3: announcing to
6: the entire school that you're the best-looking male
4: <laughs> on plays the meanest clarinet?
6: So, oh, it was great. Played I, like Benny Goodman. I played, I played the saxophone. I would, stand, I would croon all the pop, pop tunes. I knew all the pop tunes, watched the girls dance by and— Occasionally get lucky, you know. Is that what got you Uh, then attracted to Broadway? In a a strange way. Uh, Korean War, I was drafted and served in an army band in Virginia. Mm. Uh, The Piano player in the band with whom I played all the uh, officers club gigs and the service clubs gigs, you know, where I played all the songs and sang and smiled at the girls. Uh, He used to get borrowed by special services to do shows when they were doing shows. And um, one time he turned to me and said, listen, you want to sing a song in the show? I'll have him borrow you too. And I said, sure, why not? (laughs) What else am I doing here? And that started it. It was a sketch. I had to play a part in the sketch and and stand up and sing a song without a saxophone hanging around my neck. And uh, that's what started it. Also... Uh, coincided with the the death of the big band era. Mm -hmm. When I left to go into the Army, there was Kenton, Herman. uh, Stan Kenton? Stan Kenton, Woody Herman, Billy May, Count Basie, Duke Ellington. It was the height of big band jazz, the greatest. It was a job. My, My dad went to
3: trade school to play the trumpet. It's like, you know, you think of trade schools where, like where, New to, York? in, in South, Philly. South Philly. But it was like, you know, you think of trade schools, well, you got to learn how to weld. They've yeah. got to learn how to put up a barn. <laughs> sure. sure. Plumbing. That was back when a big band was a job, a job? and you can learn to play the flugelhorn and have a job.
6: That's right. It,
3: it sounds I, insane that you I, go to a
6: trade school to play I, trumpet. I played with Ray McKinley and Bobby Sherwood and the big bands. It was the very tail end. Obviously, because by the time I got out of the army, they were all disbanded. It was you, gone, and it was Bill Haley and the Comets. Yeah, and
3: so we there everyone's rock rocking roll. around the clock. And, and, you, know, and you, you do a kind of a math where you go, you want to travel around a bus with 35 guys, guys <laughs> and right. whack up the paycheck, or would you like to do it with four guys and whack up the paycheck? And uh, it just comes down to economics,
6: I guess. Uh, that could have been a major factor <laughs> in the rise I mean, of rock everyone and I mean, loves,
3: everyone loves rock and roll, but, I mean, when you just really think about the logistics, of you're playing a ballroom, it holds 4,000 people, and one has 28
6: people that need to get paid, yeah, and there's has
3: four people that <laughs> need to get right. paid. Well, which, what's it going to evolve yeah. into? I'm sure that eventually. was a factor
6: in the rise of rock and roll. <laughs> so you get to uh, Broadway at a certain point. I, uh, another accident, basically. Uh, I, I was going with a girl who was in a, in a Broadway show as a swing dancer, and uh, an opening for the understudy came up. And uh, I was in summer stock hmm. the beginning, really. I didn't even have an agent. and But she talked to the stage manager and got me an audition. And I uh, had to had audition for the stage manager just to get an audition for the audition mm-hmm. person who would let me audition for the, for the director sure. of the, to get the job. And finally had to audition for the leading lady. She had to okay me. She did. That was on a Saturday afternoon between shows. Monday, I started rehearsal uh, with a stage manager and a book. Learned the blocking. I knew. Uh, I had seen the show many times because I was going with the girls. What so show is it? The show was called "Bells Are Ringing," and uh, that Saturday was the first understudy rehearsal. Uh, and right in the middle of it, the stage manager said, uh, "Keep rehearsing. You're on today." <laughs> Wow, you know, I and, and yep. to, I made my Broadway debut in a leading role. Wow, it's insane!
1: The well,
3: for the, the, the you know the the moral of the story is um, for all the people that that's why I try to discourage everyone who's plotting a course constantly. They want to be this by the time they're twenty five, <laughs> yeah. and that by the time they're thirty. Five year plan. Yeah, I mean it's good to have an overall plan, I Strategy. guess, or a direction. But I mean, uh, the whole idea is keep your eyes open, make have relationships that's what does it don't it, it's a weird thing because i think a lot of people think i got to talk this guy into letting me do this thing that he's not going to want to let me do it's not really don't talk him into it have him w- need you Watch. want you have it serve him just have the, the one relationship from the guy the uso you know uh officer's club leads to this and then mm-hmm. the girlfriend relationship leads to that of course you dump her as soon as you become a leading man married her really 52 years. Wow, I knew it.
0: <laughs>
3: I had a feeling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, we
7: part of his 52 year plan.
3: That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> wow, that is a great story. Yeah. And uh Well, I
6: otherwise I'd have to keep giving a 10%? Yeah. Yeah, Finder's Finder's fee. Fee. That's right. yeah. Finder's fee. That's right. Finder's <laughs> fee, uh,
3: right. Uh, alright. Let's get ready. Again, uh, the show, uh, The Fantastic. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, Wednesday through Sunday. It's, uh, from now until October 2nd. Pasadena Playhouse. Tickets available at pasadenaplayhouse.com. Org. Yes, Gina.
1: Can I just say, as far as musicals go, when you think of a typical musical, this is far from a typical musical. This is one of the most beautiful, poetic stories I've ever seen, and I love this show. It's beautiful.
6: It, it. You know, it ran off Broadway for I believe o- almost forty-seven years. Jesus, the and wonderful show, A straight same production, yeah. and it has some of the most
8: iconic
3: songs in it. You know, all remember. those, those, yeah, all those kinds of songs. Oh, oh, yeah. Soon it's gonna rain. Yeah, it's 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 sort of one oh one. Quick break, sixty seconds to tell you about our friends. Clavio. Ever wonder how the e commerce brands you admire do it? It's not experience. They have the right data and the right tools. They have Clavio. Clavio's data driven marketing automation platform is sophisticated enough to power legendary campaigns from brands you you admire but simple and easy and fast enough for anyone to use. Klaviyo helps brands create personalized multi-channel marketing campaigns using customer data. Klaviyo integrates with all leading e-commerce platforms. Drag and drop easy, get started with your first campaign in under an hour and easy to build from there with Klaviyo's Templates.
0: Am I right, Dawson? To get started with a free trial of Clavio, visit clavio.com slash adam. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O ocom slash adam.
4: And that was Hal Linden talking about playing in the Army Band back in 2016 when he was in studio. Now, I guess uh, you'll notice that there is a little bit of a theme today. Because our we do usually clip, do the
5: theme every year. I think we skipped a year because there are only so many clips with uh, veterans and uh, people who have been enlisted who have been on the show. And instead of playing the same clips over and over again, I think we skipped last year. And also the, the date didn't fall on the right day. But this year I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go through. I'm going to see some ones we've never played before. And I found at least two of them.
4: That's right. Well, if you remember last week when I sat in to do the trending topics, I put up a movie marquee. And they, it was like between The Lost Boys and... Full Metal Jacket. Well, anyway, Adam loves himself some Full Metal Jacket, especially one Arlie Ermy. Who I think that's on. why he
5: loves that movie so much. I think Arlie's It might be.
4: Well, he came on in 2016.
5: Never played this one in classics before. Adam Carolla show 1862. Arlie Ermy, Gina Grad, Brian Bishop. It's Arlie's uh, final ACS. It's never been played before. It's the news. It's the interview. It goes all over the place. It's from July of 2016. Check it out.
0: It's time to check Adam's voicemail.
9: Hey, Adam, this is Ben calling from Wine Country. Hey, I was listening to the show and realized that when you're talking about LL Cool J and Wiz Khalifa, you have to realize that Wiz is an emotional support rapper, and and that's why he's there. Have a good one, man. Enjoying the show. Cheers.
0: You can leave us a message at 888-634-1744. All right,
3: I know R. Lee wants to do 20 minutes on Wiz Khalifa, but I'm going to have to ask him to stifle himself, and let's really focus on his show. Gunny Time with R. Lee Ermey, Wednesday, 7.30 on the Outdoor Channel. Nothing better than just watching Gunny holding the Gatlin gun and making things blow up. Oh, the
8: mini gun. i met a new mini gun that's a twenty millimeter, which shoots around about a foot long, and it's uh, they shoot it off the vessel. Uh, it's uh, shipboard and uh, it's my new love first of all i was in love with the Modus, which is the 50 caliber which we all respect a 50 caliber you can take a dismantle a freaking home with that the, with that gun
3: is that like a phalanx type uh, gun
8: no it's a machine gun it's a regular machine gun oh it's, it's not a gatling and, uh, gun you're talking uh, which one the 20 millimeter or the Modus? surprise Ma Deuce me Modus is, <laughs> is 50 caliber dealer's choice it shoots around about that long
3: foot long or 9 inches long
8: Yeah, yeah maybe 8 or 9 inches long and then you go to the 20 mil, which shoots a, a foot-long round. So 20
3: millimeter is, uh, there's like, I don't know, 25 and an inch. So 20 is a little over three-quarters of an inch or so, yeah. So, well, it, so, And when I hold my fingers at three-quarters of an inch, that's how thick it is. Is that correct?
8: That would be the projectile only. Right. The projectile yeah, only the projectile. Is, a, is
3: almost an inch thick. It's
8: and, about wow. that thick
3: and then, and then the length of it is another about a foot long or so,
8: but that's all powder, that's all propellant right right so so that sucker shoots it out there eight miles, you know, so this gun shoots four thousand rounds per minute. Now wow. you gotta be impressed with that,
3: hmm, <laughs> well. I just got this uh, text from the NRA, and they say there's no reason why lawful citizens shouldn't be able to carry those
8: Uh, around. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I I think there should be limitations, actually. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, Um, that would not go over good in the hood.
3: No, it would not go good. It's not like Applebee's. It wouldn't be all good in yeah. the hood, no, no, in the no. neighborhood. Um, what does the military use that for? Shredding missiles that are heading toward their vessels, or no, no, what? Wow.
8: No. Yes, uh, exactly. They can shoot down missiles. They can shoot down uh, uh, vessels that are coming after them. Uh, you know, it's a it's a defensive weapon. I was aboard the USS Macon Island. Spent uranium? Uh, there's no spent uranium. What is it? It's uh, it's lead. Oh, it's a lead. It's lead. And there's every every fifth or sixth round, you can put in a tracer round, which, which means it's going to be on fire, too. But uh, is the lead good enough to pierce... Oh yeah, armor. It's armor piercing lead. They it, have it's that. Got, it's got the the outside is lead, so it doesn't rip the lands and grooves out of the barrel of the, the weapon. Right, and then so the, it's softer. The, the interior of that is armor armor piercing steel.
4: Ah,
8: so you go through a tank. You take out a tank. That's so like eight inches. Let me uh,
3: let me just. I'll put this in layman's terms, and uh, Gunny, you tell me where I'm wrong because I don't know anything about guns, but I do know stuff about design the the barrel is is um <laughs> right twisted it, it right? Twists, right, right there's a
8: right hand twist right uh which spins the projectile oh. which gives the projectile So it's going uh, clockwise uh, uh, it would be right. and and then it gives the projectile So it's rifled so the barrel the barrel's rifle. rifled right so in uh, uh, so, groups
3: right so when you shoot a musket ball it's just sort of well, sort of, I guess it's throwing a football with a spiral versus just throwing a football in the middle and just chucking it. Mm. You can still hit someone with a football, but not accurately, not right. as far away and all that. So it's pe- But the outside is lead, because mm-hmm. if it was a harder material, it would tear up the grooving that's uh, inside of the barrel. You want a the softer barrel.
8: substance uh, on the outside. Uh, actually, it's, uh, you would have a, a metal jacket, which would be copper. That's very mm-hmm. soft, you mm-hmm. know, so the... the uh, the lands and grooves or the rifling will make indentations on the copper. Mm-hmm. But what's
3: inside of it, <laughs> what's inside of it is the hard part, and that's the part that's going to pierce the armor. Armor piercing, yeah. It's funny so, because it's the
8: exact opposite of you.
3: Oh. Hard on the outside, <laughs> oh. but sweet oh, nougaty oh, on the center. <laughs> the
8: wife calls me just sugar plum. Yeah, that's, that's what awesome. I'm <laughs> saying. Exactly. M- Mrs. Gunny, yeah, she's, she's like that. <laughs> but... Then uh, you know, but uh, guns, it's all about the show's all about guns, all about shooting, all about expl- Our thing is I can't wake wait to get out of the rack in the morning so I go do the show. It's fun for me. Uh, well, what do I do? I'm the guy that goes around and plays with everybody else's toys. Right. I go to the military. I play with their toys. I drive their tanks. I fly their airplanes. I shoot their weapons. If you can't drive it flat or shoot it, shit on it. We blow it up. So, you know, everybody loves a good explosion, right?
3: Yeah. And the, when I was watching the promo and you were holding sort of the handheld, think.
8: That was a minigun. Yeah. By think the way. Predator. Oh,
7: I'm, th- I'm always thinking. Think predator. Jesse I the don't body Ventura. I'm twisting to thing Predator.
3: But it used to be that the every part of the movie where Schwarzenegger would like rip the thing from the turret of a tank. Which I'm no <laughs> munitions <laughs> expert, but I bet it stops working <laughs> when well, you the, rip it off uh, from that, it and hold it like you shouldn't do. But now they have those. That's right? That's the
8: minigun, but it shoots uh, it shoots over three thousand rounds per minute. What's, and what what
3: size uh, is coming out of that at over 3000 per minute That's
8: like a 5.56
3: uh, We don't know what point, that is.
8: Okay, well it's a smaller round. Uh, I that makes a sense. Real small round. And
3: this is for Hordes of people that are rushing, rushing you. Uh,
8: well, it's like they use them in convoys, and they use them in helicopters, shooting out the door of helicopters. Right. Uh, you, if you're the traffic attacked, news if you're,
3: guys, or just well, oh, if this is a military you're thing. You're in
8: a convoy. What they right. do is they'll blow the first, uh, the first vehicle up, in the back row. Now you're stuck. Right. Okay. If if they think, if they even think that you have a minigun, they won't attack your convoy right because it's so lethal i mean it's you like it's like spraying a garden hose you just you just watch every fifth or sixth round of tracer you watch those tracers going toward the target and it's like standing out watering your garden. You can how, direct that stream of bullets anywhere.
3: How much does the whole unit weigh? Like if you're going to pack this thing in. I mean, it looks compact, but it, how much does it weigh?
8: It was about 150 pounds. So it's a pretty the, good... The one that I had on my back that I yeah. was carrying, it's not portable. It it oh, needs it to be on a stanchion. It needs to be stabilized. Yeah. Is... um.
3: So uh, let's just talk about uh, recent world events. Everything's uh, falling apart in Europe. It is going crazy. Stuff over here. What is uh, someone who's uh, done a couple of tours in them and Uh, uh, owned uh, a brothel? uh, What? uh, what, Yeah. What? What would you? uh, Any thought? You know, this is one of these things. And 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 listen, folks. I give a lot of opinions on this show, and I give a lot of opinions I feel pretty strongly about, and I'm it oftentimes turns out to be it turns out to be correct. You don't hear me spouting out a lot of stuff about what we need to do with ISIS. Uh, I mean, yeah, we should recognize it, as it we should start saying Islamic terror and things like that. But I don't have a lot of plans, and that's why you don't hear a lot of plans because I don't. I'm not an expert at this.
8: Well, it's uh, simple. You just need to kill them. All right. How, and simple. How we do we – what, what would be the
3: best plan for that?
8: Uh, you know, uh, Trump uh, and uh, Hillary, I would hope if they became – either one of them became president, would would call their generals to their side and say, okay, generals, let's have a meeting of the mind. What do you recommend we do? Generals win wars. That's what they do. They're leaders of, of uh, the free world. They're leaders of the military that we have today and they know how to win this war. The problem is they have been ignored for the past few years uh and and every time they disagree with the way the the administration wants to run the war they get fired. So I mean that's why we're stuck in this we're we're mired down. We can't do anything right now. We need new leadership and we need to uh we need that leadership to call the generals to his side and say, okay, generals, put your heads together. How are we going to do this? And the generals, trust me, they, we could end this. There's only 30,000 terrorists, for Christ's sakes. We could end this thing in about a week.
3: Right. But then they well, go. We well, you'll many- create more terrorists if you kill these terrorists. I no. always think of that. I think I, th- I think I apply that to roaches. Like, that's- don't kill these roaches. Why? You'll make new roaches. Like,
8: yeah, that's no. Wrong. We're
3: infested with roaches. That's Let's wrong. kill them. We
8: need to. We need. What are we supposed to do? Uh, shower them with love, I guess. I. But uh, that doesn't work either. So. No matter how we do it, it it's going to piss people off. Do, you, do you, Prob- yes. we have too many rules of engagement? That yes. is the biggest problem that we have. A, a young PFC or lance corporal is afraid to fire his weapon.
3: Well, not only do we have too many rules of engagement, they have zero rules of engagement. Very true. Uh, they have nothing, including their own lives or children or uh, you know women or whatever it is. So the more uh,
8: grotesque and brutal it is, the more pats on the back they get
3: right we used to count on a certain degree of you know decorum or geneva convention or like i said back in the day even world war one a lot of people thought submarines uh, that's cowardly. really cowardly we don't involve ourselves mm-hmm. in that and now it's all it's, it's for them it's game on so well,
8: snipers they look at we're looking down on snipers too but every armor or every armory army in the world has snipers yeah so but we look down on us for having snipers
3: well so now um considering it's game on and a lot of this uh, shit's going down in europe do you think that we could enlist some of the european nations and that would help i feel like part of the argument with with us is always this thing that we constantly get sold on Hey, we're the warmongers. Hey, we're out there, you know, going cowboy. The rest of the world is sort of civilized and peaceful and this and that and the other. And we're always the ones that are out there rattling the sabers. And a lot of the, and and I think a lot of this probably comes from the left out here, but left does look at itself and look at Europe as sort of a model. And in many things, like they'll do a lot of, you know, they have health care over there. And in Sweden, you know, they get time off that paternity leave for the mother and the father and their vacation is, you know, and they work a nine hour work week. We should have, we should, you know, it's a lot of that. and But we can't get them involved with the war. And since a lot of the folks here take their cues from what those people do over there, I feel like Europe jumping into this thing and getting serious about it would help. The cell here in the United States. Absolutely,
8: uh, we need to get everybody on our team before we before we act. Or uh, just and, make and I don't a think team that, that we're we're on.
3: Even mm, though I don't think it going to be a at all,
8: to bring all these all these <laughs> nations the on board That's after right. they've been bombed and they've been terrorized for the, how long? 12, 15 years now.
3: Well, I mean, I, obviously, in France, it's they're starting to get to a tipping point here i don't know that you could have sold this one a year or a year and a half ago mm. in terms of taking a vote with the citizens of france i think now uh people are much more apt to go france germany and other parts are much more uh, and um england are much more apt to go you know what let's do something i, I think a few years ago well, let's let diplomacy you know t- do the work for us but Now I think we could sell it, right?
8: I I, I have to agree with you. I think France would hold her hand up uh, first. They'd be first in line to volunteer to do something about this. Uh, is NATO but, worthless? Uh, I have no respect for NATO. Why Excuse does me, nobody sorry, have? But that's p- part of this one world order that uh, they seem to be pushing, trying to shove down our throats.
3: How come anybody who is involved with the military in the United States or seems to have any thoughts about it has wants nothing to do with NATO? What? What? This plan of NATO sounds like a relatively good plan, doesn't it? Why? Why is it such an epic
8: failure? Uh, they are a failure. That's why. I uh, mean, uh, it uh, used to be the League of Nations, and they were a total failure, disgusting group of failures. <laughs> and we got rid of them, and they came back as NATO. They, they thought, oh, we'll just change our name. We'll come on back. It will be so cool. Everybody will love us. And But they, they still are a get-nothing-done organization. That's the problem. I mean, we sent NATO troops to uh, uh uh, Africa, right? Because of all the looting and raping and all this. Well, hell, the, the troops that we sent over, that NATO, NATO sent over, they're just pitched right in and were raping and pillaging themselves. So, mm. you know, there was no discipline. So, I've always just
3: said, look, we're getting to the point where we're just, you know, it's a, it's a, what, what's going on is, it used to be whatever's going on in Europe, you know, even as recently as World War II. Look, whatever's going on in Europe's going on in Europe, but they can't really get to us. Well, now they can get to us, and everyone can get to everyone. This is the problem. It's it's not, it's 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 like it's now it's a global marketplace. I mean, it, it, Russia's it's Russia's like,
8: involved. Russia's pulling their share of the load. Good. So they're already they're already involved. All we have to do is team up with Russia and bring a few more nations. Turkey would love to help us out.
3: What if a politician said, Look, uh since it's sort of a global environment now, it's not these guys and those guys, it's just us on the planet. Between the internet and cheap flights overseas it's just too easy for everyone to go anywhere and do anything we just really need to divide this world into two groups the groups that are for and support this kind of behavior and activity and the groups that want to stamp it out and that's it we need and the groups that want to stamp it out need to unite we need to get on the same page and we need to start working on stamping it out Mm. what what is so i don't know um radical about that
8: thought well the problem is uh, the the uh, the the, the good guys are intermingled with the bad guys i mean they they will take and go into a town like fallujah and put the good guys up front and they'll hide behind them and say okay come on and attack us because all you're going to kill is the good guys uh it, it just makes it impossible
3: uh i know to me i mean how
8: if we could get them to wear uniforms now there you go Hmm. these guys wear red uniforms they're the bad guys and these guys over here wear white uniforms they're the good guys now you know who to shoot now you know who to bomb now you know everything about what you need to know to stamp out the people wearing red right And you said this the other day. We used to wear uniforms. Remember the old days back when you knew who you shoot? Yep. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't remember who you were quoting, but um, it was you said it's not just a needle in a haystack. It's looking for a a piece of hay that could turn into a needle.
3: Yeah. Somebody was discussing, I don't know if it was Orlando or if it was um, the uh, the one Inland Empire one, whatever that was. San Bernardino. San Bernardino. But. They were saying, you're not looking for a needle. You're looking for something that turns into a needle and was a piece of hay that you may have looked at already with the radicalized self-whatever.
8: Recruitment of jihad. Uh, well, yeah. what
3: are you supposed to do when someone's third-generation American and then decides? Mm-hmm. It's not their parents or their parents' parents mm-hmm. that decided to go yeah. shoot up the a farmer's market. It's the kid. Junior
8: high down the street. After their third three-month trip to Afghanistan, I would start to suspect.
3: Yep. And then maybe they're starting to turn into a needle. Yeah.
8: And, uh, you know, we do have a list. Uh, I understand the government does have a list of uh, bad guys uh, that they're watching all the time. Uh, We seem to spend our money in other places rather than the FBI. I mean, they're they're shorthanded. They can't handle it. Well, I mean, ultimately –
3: this is something that Bill Maher and I agree on, which is
8: there's something. That there you is agree something. With Bill Maher. This is.
1: He's going to talk about weed now.
3: This oh, is, uh, oh, no, no. This is also. <laughs> okay. Well, he said one of those things last week. I, 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 I like Bill Maher, but I hate when they, the people do these asinine things where they're like. He was talking about the robot blowing up the shooter in Dallas, and he's like. Robot. Couldn't they have done better than that? Like, couldn't they? Have, come on. Robot blown oh, up. Just and just
8: sacrificing you, like, human. Yeah. Human beings, and I'm like, come
3: on. Already, th- these guys are working in an environment where they have five co workers laying on the ground, number one. A
7: panelist said on the show, it doesn't sound like something Bill would say.
3: Bill, if uh, you uh, you can find it, Gary. For some reason, I think it was about twenty-four minutes or something. In he did it. He did the he did the thing where it's like, yeah, I mean, come on, or something better in a robot. How about tear gas or something? And it's like it's always like, here's what tear gas does: gets the guy running through the parking garage, shooting more people. Yeah, like uh, Gary'll will, Gary'll will give it a look, but I disagree with him on stuff like that. And I always hate a just sort of convenient. I wasn't there answer, but and I hate it when somebody goes, "Well, what would you do? What would your plan be?" Oh, I don't know. Not that.
8: Like, uh, that's not an answer. But <clears throat> my always- plan would be if the guy's already shot some uh, police officer, uh, I, I, I would uh, take him out any way that I possibly sure. could. I, I, Unless I would your prefer, car was parked would, nearby. Pref- <laughs> yeah, I would prefer that the guy never made it uh, in front of a judge. It'd be nice. Uh, I would uh, – and cost us millions of dollars to prosecute him. Uh, and wrote a book him, I mean, or two from the joint while yeah. he was on death row. I figure row. if he shot two police officers already or three, whatever five. the case might be, or five, whatever, well, that he needs, he needs to be killed anyway. So uh, let's uh, kill him and get rid of him and take him out. We should I open
3: mean, a little uh, place no, called...
8: not a suspect. Well, we he, should open a place uh,
3: called Pragmatic Town <laughs> and me and the gunny <laughs> not live not there. Co- yeah,
8: co- it's <laughs> like when the guy's standing up on the top of the building and threatening to jump. I'm the guy sitting there saying, come on, yeah. on, me <laughs> This bastard jump. Let's go. Let's, let's get it up with you. Got fifty million police officers down here, the whole damn city, and this jerk up on top of the building is threatening to jump. Well, one, and there's somebody trying to s- jump through a window and save him.
3: One thing uh, Bill did say that I do, I mean, he's always said is, look, uh, the Muslim community's got to do a little policing here. Like I, I they've like got to start judging and and look, everyone who says, these uh, taking these refugees." Well, if the if the thought, if the mindset was of the Muslim world would be, hey, you few bad apples, you're fucking it up pretty royally for the rest of us who are trying to get out of this shithole because now we're on the same list Mm -hmm. that you guys are on and it's holding up our ability. So knock it off or I'm going to fight you to get you. So if the group within the group would start fighting the group to essentially clear their name. Mm. You know, if if this was happening and I wanted to travel, but it turns out uh, there's too many white supremacists were shooting up too many farmers' markets, then it's time for us to go to battle against the group that's mm-hmm. within our group because in the name of us, because so we want to travel, we want to have a good life, and we don't want what's happening now.
8: I'm a Christian. If if uh, Christians were doing what the Muslim the radicals are doing, I would be uh, organizing a group to to rebel against, and I'm not a really good Christian either. It just pisses me off that they would use that premise, the Christian premise, to, to kill people. Apple. Preacher so with a minigun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kick take open them, the door.
3: Take them out. And, <laughs> take them out yes. Do you
8: think that the
1: reason why that community doesn't speak out uh, in that way is because They're speaking out against, as we know, very, very dangerous and scary people that have no regard for human life. I'd be afraid to speak out.
3: I I concur, but two things. I believe it's both. Two answers. One is, yes, if if I were a citizen of the United States and uh, Ted Nugent and (laughs) every other white person had essentially taken over to the extent that if i spoke out and said look i have jewish neighbors and they're dear friends and i demand that you stop this uh slaughter in the name of your religion and i would get shot i would shut the fuck up too agree so i agree with your premise on the other hand how did it get to that point where Ted Nugent and his followers got to the point where they took over the United States at least to the degree where I was scared because the thing is is when Ted Nugent and his followers shoot the first Jew we all jump all over Ted Nugent and take over his compound and it never gets it never mm-hmm. gets any any momentum so the answer is two twofold Yes, uh, of course you're right. I wouldn't be gutsy enough to say anything once, you know, like, here's the deal. The wheels and Once Hitler got the jackbooted thugs in full effect, no. As a non-Jew and living in Germany in 1941, I would not say shit. I'd just be protecting my own family. I'm a big hypocrite and a puss. But something would should have been said in 1935. Right.
8: Well, it should have been, but wasn't, and that's the same with the that's going on with the Muslim radical Muslim terrorists right now. Is everybody's just kind of saying, "Ah, hell, there." Uh, they're a little league. They're they're just uh, thirty thousand strong. I mean, you know, they're not really doing that much, but they're only killing a few people. But uh, that's the way uh, Nazis started out too, and, and, and we turned and, our head and looked the other way. And uh,
3: and also, sadly, as we brought up a million times, and this is one of those Bill Maher things as well. Uh, a, a large, alarmingly high percentage of those people. Quietly agree with a lot of the stuff that's going on. You they're notice not the celebration; they're not outraged. Celebration, they should be. Not, so, not the majority, but yeah. a big enough number. Go, I'm not going to do it myself, but if those guys do it, let them do it.
8: Yeah, and uh, so every time there's a, a, a trade center or a a, a, a bombing or a, a blowing up of uh, this coliseum or whatever, then the other ones are celebrating on the street. Uh, so it's pretty obvious that uh, they're saying, "Well, let the other guys handle this dirty work." I'm gonna. I'm a little chicken, and I'm. I'm just gonna celebrate their wins. Uh, I don't know. It kind of looks like uh, quite a few of them, other than radical terrorists, are, are liking this.
3: It's uh, a, a very small group that it's is a out there. Approval. Yeah, there's a very small group that's out there getting their hands dirty. And then there's a much larger group that is sort of looking the other way. And the sort of looking the other way group is the group we need to police. They need to police. And the little group of people that's out there literally blowing themselves up, that's always going to be a small minority. The larger group that is looking the other way, that's the group that can implement change. And they're not doing it not not even in the the sense that not even in the homegrown stuff where the guy was just well, he's in his garage a lot and he was working <laughs> working with a lot of pipes and end caps and uh, seemed a little despondent like okay who's the parent in this family who is in charge of this household who is. Going into this guy's room and seeing what's how he's communicating and seeing his demeanor and seeing physically the stockpiling of, I mean, we're not, we don't have enough agents to infiltrate everyone's bedroom.
8: Yeah, but got to come from somewhat something if you else. You called and reported your neighbor for spending too much time in his garage and uh, he's being delivered uh, fertilizer by the truckloads and so on and so forth. Right away, you are a bigot and uh, they're going to be looking, you're the, you're the guilty, you're the one that uh, needs to to be fixed i mean you're
3: you well this is where the danger of the beating the never-ending drum that we've been beating in this country where we've said from the president all the way down like look, look look we all have racist thoughts we are we're all guilty of this i'm guilty of it you're guilty of it we're, we're passing it along to our children so everyone is so racked with guilt and so freaked out and since the last thing anyone wants to be called, you know, I think it goes pedophile, and then bigot is is number two in terms of things we don't want to be called. You know, uh, then it's uh, smoker. Mm. I think it's number three, oh. and then deadbeat dad is way down at the bottom oh, of the yeah. list. That's that's no problem. That's, so I, that's I don't a bad come,
8: I don't fall on that list anywhere uh, because there's not a uh, a bone in my body that has anything any problem with any other race of people in this on this earth. I could care less. As long as they pull their share of the load and they do their job, we're going to get along just fine. That's that's That's, the way I look at it. And I think most everybody's that way. That's how
3: everyone is, because it behooves us. Mm. It doesn't behoove us. You know, what we are generally is selfish in the sense that we're selfish. We would like. The black community the hispanic community the muslim community we would like them to be happy and thrive and pay taxes and not get into trouble and not do this and not do that not for them for us there's more tax base
8: i just Coming like in, for like, them to be good neighbors that's all that, that's all that's what, that's
3: the way everybody is wired you happy everybody <laughs> wants wants that again for us do you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. like i, I don't want to deal with this anymore and i don't want to pay any more in taxes Now, a quick break to tell you about my friends over at JB Weld. JB Weld's the world's strongest bond. Pros have trusted it for over 50 years, but why hire a pro when JB Weld makes you into a pro? That's right. Do it yourself. We're proud to have JB Weld Epoxy Adhesive as a sponsor. I personally know the owner. These are good people making a great product. DIY projects, auto, crafts, plumbing, marine, and more. Use it on metal, wood, plastic, glass, ceramics. Keep it in your kitchen drawer, craft supplies. Put it in your garage. Make sure you have it. And they had a lot of different product. I just used one to fix Sonny's tennis shoe recently. And uh, Stromer used it uh, on his wet saw to fix it as well. Different products, still JB Weld. Also, they've acquired Herculiner as well, the world's
0: strongest truck bed liner. It's JB Weld, right, Dawson? JB Weld is available at jb weld.com Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, AutoZone, Advanced Auto Parts, Napa, O'Reilly, Amazon, Michaels, and more. And remember, JB Weld epoxy products are proudly made in the USA. JB Weld, world's strongest bond. All right, Gary, you have the, uh, the bill.
3: The Mark clip? I don't. I'm sorry. I put a note up for you. There's a problem with the HBO website. I, no, but then you just I, wrote I one clip because,
7: a... because you were talking about uh, the everyone's racist cops are racist. We pulled that clip
3: yesterday from the Thursday. Oh, oh, so okay. I oh, but I thought you meant yet. Yeah. So we don't can have get get the HBO. HBO. Sorry, there's something right. wrong with their website. Four don't accounts. we TiVo that show? Uh, we do,
7: but I'm not sure if it's going to be if we're going to be able to pull it. I'll I'll try. Give me okay. a of negligence.
1: <laughs> do you think that because? You, Right under pedophile is bigot, do you think that it has never been a better time to be a terrorist?
3: Or bigot. I've o- I, I've said it. People think I'm kidding. Like it's never been a better time to be actually racist because you can just hide amongst everyone else who's labeled a racist,
8: including myself. I have a lot of friends. I, I I've never, ever heard one of my friends use the N-word. Oh, I, I have. I, I never have. And no, I'm talking my, about your friends. Well, maybe, <laughs> you maybe weren't there. My friends were a, a, maybe a little higher class of people than you hang out with. Amen. You know, but but Amen. Uh, really I I the close friends that I have I I've, I've, they've talked very when when we discuss it it's it's not a black white thing. It's it's a situation where All we expect is, hey, you know, they're good neighbors to me. I don't really give a damn what color. They can be green. They can be from Mars. It doesn't make any difference as long as they're pulling their share of the load. They're paying their rent. And they're, they don't come over and take a crap on my lawn every night. You well, know, this I'm good with Not every night.
7: Says a man who, in the movie Saving Silverman, took a crap on the lawn. <laughs> well,
8: there you go. You Well, it see. it's all in the circle. It and and guttery circle. Sergeant Hart, Hartman was an equal opportunity bigot, too. It's true. That's you know, right. he, hated wh- he hated every he hated honkies just as much as he did anybody else. He accrued private joke or being a homo.
3: The, uh, that's true. I did. Our private pile? Oh, that, no. D- d- do you suck dick? Oh you know, yeah, that's was right. That, was it? Hold Wait, on. That
7: was someone? Grab that drop,
3: Gunny. Let me answer the question. Rarely, <laughs> and I don't know what this has to do with Arlie Erman, This <laughs> TV I'm show. I'm just sure
7: to serve my country, um, sir.
3: The, look, but here's the other thing too. The, this thing, it's this thing where it's like I have friends, I have black friends, I have white friends. We've never used the N word. I've heard the N word a thousand times in, in a joking fashion like screwing around oh, i've heard yeah, I, it from I, my
8: father when I, I, I was a child the point is kid, that was it
3: but here's what i'm trying to explain to everybody jokes involve the n-word or polack jokes don't mean you're going to do harm to anybody in the polish
8: community let's stop
3: bigot. mixing everything and e- these are also made by so, guys that would never lift a finger to hurt anybody of any race or hold them the down those
8: jokes i've ever heard or a little uh, Guy throwing the watermelon butter out the window and Pollock, I mean, you know, but nobody. Usually, it was the the Pollock amongst us who was telling a joke. That's right. (laughs) There's (laughs) us jokesters. (laughs) By that, you just mean
3: the dumbest friend you have. (laughs) Uh I get it. All right. Get news uh, fired up. We'll mm-hmm. see if we can find that uh, clip eventually.
0: Give mm-hmm. me the news with Grad. News with Gina Grad. Show Congress, Tech News, Sports News, World News. Give me news with Gina Grad. Weird shit out of Florida. Sex surveys Obama. Need news with Gina, Gina Grad. The news with Gina Grad.
3: Well, we've we've touched
8: on it. Hold a, on a one here. second.
3: Yeah is uh we got a toy story 4 we're
8: working on you know they i keep hearing that and uh i keep hearing it from people in power that uh would know the difference yes or no but uh they can't give me a, they won't give me a absolutely yes yet mm. so i'm thinking yes but uh, you know everything's a big secret until they really say yes
3: yeah the problem is that Pixar comes out with so much great stuff, or Disney, Pixar, or whatever it is. Mm. They come out with so much great stuff that they have to do sequels of everything. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's it's an embarrassment of riches, but they're almost being punished by their Mm. own success. Finding
8: Nemo. Yeah, yeah, if you just come out with a
3: stinker every once in a while, then you won't have to be working (laughs) on the sequel for it. I mean... Every Toy Story has been absolutely amazing.
8: Everybody loves them. Uh, When I go to the Children's Hospital, I'll always stop over to Disney and get a, a shopping basket full of Toy Stories because it goes over really big at the children's house and
3: I, I tell you it's adults enjoy it maybe on a different level but every i mean that was it number one where you were in charge of all the army men and you were going to go oh. up this down the stairs the bottom of the stairs and lower them down the thing I mean, it's just all so great
8: uh, pixar is just uh, second to none and the that we you know uh, uh, toy star was the very first uh, fully animated uh, show of its kind as well so it was a groundbreaker
3: unbelievable all right sorry news
8: uh,
1: so, we've, we've touched on what happened in Nice on Bastille Day. A 31-year-old man drove a large truck through basically a promenade, uh, mm-hmm. killing at least 84 people that toll might go up, 10 children. Um, he, uh, a, 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 it's another one of these cases where, you know, the wife claimed that he was very abusive. She was trying to get away from him. He was crazy. You know, a lot of the same stuff we saw, uh, with Orlando. So, I will, um, I will, Keep you abreast of that when we get more details.
3: Yeah, but it's like w- w- Brian always said: soft targets, just going to be soft targets. That's that's where that's where the terror is. Yeah. I announced it years and years ago. No more airplanes. No more military installations. It's soft targets and anything's. You know, driving a truck, just plowing people down. I mean, yeah. just everything will be a weapon that if we talk about. Bombs being a weapon, it's just literally a truck.
7: Yeah. That was my question for Arlie Ermey was along these lines, do you think our military is equipped now to make the transition to what is more of a different kind of warfare? You mentioned people used to wear uniforms and you knew who you were shooting at. And now stuff can pop up. and What's more about intelligence and we predicting still wear as
8: much uniforms. as uh, uh, They don't. That's, That's what I, I'm the saying. Bad the bad so it's real yeah. difficult to tell who the bad guys are. But if the guy's carrying an AK-47 and he shoots at you, pretty obvious that the guy is a damn terrorist. Yeah. And so – that's uh, one of the rules of engagement is uh, you can't really shoot until somebody else has taken their first shot at you and you may not get your damn turn so you know that's kind of a, a bad situation we've gotten ourselves into uh, rules of engagement are are, uh, are really crazy they're they're uh, the guys are afraid to shoot their guns even in self-defense so Our,
3: is uh, this just popped into my head but Aren't we going to have at every one of these type of events, obviously you're not going to do it in a situation like Orlando, but you could do it in Dallas and you could do it uh, in Nice and many of these we other got conventions coming situations. up and I'm
8: really worried about these big conventions that are Can, coming up right now.
3: Shouldn't You brought up snipers. Shouldn't Mark Wahlberg just be on every roof and every parapet? Like what I'm saying is this. They are. They are. Oh, he gave me a wink. But if you're if you're doing Bastille Day, and it goes down this main thoroughfare where everyone is walking, doesn't there need to be a guy on every other building that's or some high vantage point that it's just eight guys that are just there for this now? have
8: seen law. There was a lot of law enforcement there. As a matter of fact, when that truck came through on the video that I saw, you could see several police officers running trying to catch the truck. Right. But I, uh, so the law enforcement was there. It's but, just when do you shoot? Do you wh- shoot when the truck's barreling at towards you at 40 miles an hour? Well, I'm or do saying you get out of the way? that's
3: what I'm what I'm saying <sighs> is, is the sniper. OK, uh, look, the first thing we're going to have to wrap our minds around is when people say, are you going to want some guy shooting into a crowded area? Uh, Where there's unarmed citizens and the meaning a police force, and I'm the answer is now yes because you got a guy with an assault rifle and he's doing all the firing. So or a big truck, yeah. And so the answer is so this guy's going forty miles. This guy's going forty miles an hour in this truck. Do you want some guy from the government up on a five story building shooting into this? He could hit your kid, and it's like. I don't relish this scenario, but yes, I do want the guy up on the building. And I'm just wondering if, and I know in presidential things and things of that nature, there's guys up on a building. But I'm just saying, 4th of July, Hermosa Beach. I mean, we're going to have to have guys up on buildings. You can have as many guys as you want on foot with handguns, but that's not really going to stop it like the guy up on the building, right?
8: True. This makes I sense. agree. I agree. Okay. <coughs> but uh, I, think, have, I think we're covering that base pretty well. I believe we're doing wow.
3: it. We have the Marr um, clip.
1: Can I just tell you one thing real yes. quick while we're on this subject? I also heard, uh, it was reported, um, that they had stopped the guy in the truck and asked him what he was doing there. He said he was delivering ice cream. And even though there was no record of anyone delivering ice cream, they flagged him through. You're going to have
3: to do that, too. Let me yeah. look in your truck. What mm. is the uh, ne- Neapolitan. <laughs> That should have been a fly. right been there. Should have tell
7: when he finished up ice cream with, <laughs> 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 All
3: right, here's uh, Bill uh, talking about the bomb.
2: This is another question because I don't hear a lot about this in the media, and I keep trying to raise it. Uh, The way they got the shooter, sending in a robot Mm -hmm. with a C-4 bomb. C-4 is a weapon of war. And in the media, they were just like, wow, this is cool. We got a new toy. Look at this, a robot. Mm
8: -hmm.
2: Uh, Is this the new normal? Is this what we should be doing? Anytime there's a problem, we just send in a robot with a giant bomb? I mean, it went okay this this time. You
3: can stop it there, but I love It's not one of his. I love it. Anytime there's a problem, we just send in a robot with a giant bomb. Yeah, that's right. When there's a domestic dispute, (laughs) we'll send in a robot with a giant bomb. Uh, After this, we're going to send you in, Bill. (laughs) When a kid gets into an argument with a neighbor Mm. over uh, who who fed the cat last, robot, you got to play it again because it's one of those. I hate the sanctimonious bullshit. Mm. Where especially when you spin it your own way, like so. Mm. Anytime there's a problem, robot, Does giant bomb, ticket? that's what we're going to do. It's a bit yeah. of a reach. It's almost like yeah. what you would say. It's not write. even a reach. Well, it's
7: what you would write if you didn't have like a take. Like, I need to say something about this. Uh, bombs, robots, not good.
3: Yeah, it was that part that struck me. Like, I, I get it. We can sort of discuss the, the merits of it, even though I'll always come down with the cops on this one. But anytime there's a problem, that's it. Robot, mm-hmm. giant the, bomb, the that's the future.
8: actually a communications uh, uh deal as well i mean uh, they were talking to the guy through the robot it wasn't well. a
1: self-aware robot only
8: only after he said no 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 about a million times did they say well obviously uh, we might as well detonate the the, the weapon here yeah. because the guy's not coming around he wants to kill more of
1: it and it wasn't just no 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 it was laughing and asking jubilantly how many did i get
3: one oh, one yeah. more time just because it's funny
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, Is this the new normal? Is this what we should be doing? Anytime there's a problem, we just send in a robot with a giant bomb? I mean, it went okay this time, Mm -hmm. but I could see problems from this. So, I I mean, the police are always, you know, we're the bravest, we're the bravest. And they are brave. Look, it is a a tough job. It's not in the top ten of the most dangerous jobs. They have statistics on that, Mm -hmm. but you do need courage to do it. But But, but, uh, this... the, the Chief of police said, Well, we have no choice. It would endanger our officers if we did anything else. But it is a job where you volunteered for, and it is supposed to be a little dangerous. Is the only right. option
7: Ooh, Stop it real, there. No no the real smattering usually yeah. it's raucous right. If right. I've Five ever applause. To proclaim something under that was a very smattering well, You case. can look
3: back, sorry. I just wanna Arlie, I just want to tell Gary, if you look back toward the front when he's discussing, he said, You know, hey, you're going to shoot enough cops, you got to expect. Uh, there's going to be some kickback when he's talking about the Dallas guy. That was another one of those. Jesus Christ! Bill. I like yeah. I like Reel the way it he in.
8: says that it is a voluntary thing. I mean, you you didn't uh, they didn't draft you to be a police officer, so it was a voluntary thing. I guess that means you're expendable. <laughs> okay, so uh, I Good don't know that plus I, I don't know That's commercial kind of logging is more dangerous technically. Salmon <laughs> boat. Wow, thanks, Bill. <laughs> Probably more money too. Yeah, more
7: like, doctors without borders. Die by percentage, yeah, right? Let real stretch. Let the guys yeah. cool off and get in
3: the ground. Quite
7: sparse applause, too. It was not. It was uh, like the but the thing I like about hall. his crowd is
3: there's still enough people yeah. out there. To you can hear it. Makes make some applause. Oh, We're
8: still trying to come up with with uh, ways to do things where we don't in, endanger an officer or uh, endanger a marine or whatever. I mean, look at the uh, the airplanes that don't require a pilot now. Okay. <laughs> no. Well, I mean used to be we flew airplanes. Every one of them required a pilot, or maybe even two, a co-pilot. Yeah, but
3: Gunny, and, they signed up. <laughs> I mean, they knew the job was dangerous when they took it. Comes oh, a they danger. did.
8: But that doesn't mean that we should
3: eh, sacrifice. Send them over Mig Alley. Let God sort them out. That's what Bill told me. Uh, so yeah. Outside thought
7: of the five guys who clapped. The audience was essentially saying... Why don't you
6: stop talking for a while?
3: <laughs> well, the first one, Gary, you'll get, I think, right at the top of his panel discussion is uh, him saying that got another smattering of a, uncomfortable applause as well we'll go on uh he basically says uh how long are you going to st- keep roughing up black folk before uh they start firing back
9: mm. here's That's the his, first one here it is well, we were off we had a lot
2: of racial unrest uh the two shootings that were on tape uh, police shooting unarmed black people and then the horrible shootings in dallas and i must say The shootings of policemen in Dallas, I totally do not condone. I hope everyone agrees with that. But But I do kind of understand why at some point somebody would start shooting back. I mean, how many videos can you watch before someone goes nuts about it?
8: (laughs) Hands up, don't shoot.
7: You really stuck the punchline on that one, Bill.
3: Wow! Well, Listen, uh, look. have controversial Ooh. opinions. I'm, I'm a fan of controversial opinions. But how long and how many videos you're gonna uh. watch before people start
8: firing back? You like, should have like, tapped on his loft mic. Is this thing on? That's uh, Yeah.
1: Well,
7: that's
8: an interesting point of view. Kind of caught me. Uh, like, I mean, I've learned years ago that if I don't want to get shot, I don't deal with police officers. I don't break the law. I I just – if they tell me to get on the ground, I get on the ground immediately. Uh, I I can remember back in the day – now, I'm over 70, so I remember back in the day when if a police officer pulled you over, it was yes, sir, and no, sir. I mean, uh, but but it's all changed now. We, we've we lost our discipline. We have no more discipline, and we do not obey authority. Well,
3: one of the things that could be broached in the discussion of saving black lives is compliance in that actual topic you just brought up. Of mm. course, that one doesn't land on any of the burners on the stove mm. of discussion either, which is, are you really interested in saving lives? And if you are, here's the fastest remedy, regardless of right or wrong, you're being pulled over. Please comply to save your life, whether it's right that you're pulled over, whether you were profiled. That's all out the window right now because what we need to do is get you through this exchange, and then we can work on Deal the second that. half Deal of with it the profiling l- later. later on. But right now, we're looking for this exchange. If you're, if the cop tells you to get on the sidewalk, or the cop tells you to lay down, or get on your knees, or whatever, go ahead and do that immediately. Immediately, that would be a message that would be very constructive that could be sent from the Black Lives Matter movement and or the president and or anybody in a position of authority. And that is the one message I have not heard. You know what?
1: You just made me uh, think of a question. I wonder why the ACLU hasn't been more vocal about that. It's get through this experience and then we'll sue the shit out of them.
3: Well, the, the, the narrative is that there's a narrative and it's that cops have declared open season on people of color. So that's the narrative. So why are we talking about complying? All if you comply, that's just going to it's going to make it well, the cops easier to shoot at you. A
8: good percentage of law enforcement in this country are people of color. Come on. I mean uh, are they the Uncle Toms that uh, hate everybody in their own race, or i, I just can't figure that out, okay? There There's are three some of those Hispanic
3: ones, in there, well, the uncle oh, Tom uh, Bien. Oh, were, well
8: ever ever race is well represented. the Orientals seem to really love law enforcement.: Are they good at: You're
3: it. an older generation. It's called systemic racism, so that even oh. if a black man gets into the system, he's indoctrinated once he puts the badge on right. as a killer.
8: That doesn't work for me. I, I just can't imagine that. Of course. And by the way, if that was true,
3: I mean, if, 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 the, if there was one kernel of truth to police departments declaring it open season on black people, there would be piles and piles of black bodies because they interact with young black men so often and and all over the country all the time that they if that if, if in fact their plan was to kill young black men we'd be talking about hundreds of thousands of dead black men not 3 in a year or whatever the whatever ones we see on the evening news all right one well, more
1: okay well i'm i uh, you know what um all right, well we got to do it how um, you got
3: two or what do you got yeah
1: well i i just honestly wanted to touch on baton rouge and i want to touch on turkey okay so we'll just do that real quick uh so more information has come out about the victims of sunday shooting in baton rouge which uh left three officers police officers dead the victims have been identified as 32 year old montrell jackson 10 year veteran of the baton rouge police department 41 year old military veteran matthew gerald um 45 year old sheriff's deputy brad garofala uh three other officers were wounded including one in critical condition uh, shooter was 29 years old, former Marine. But this was really sort of... Uh, it, you know what's always yeah. sad
3: about cops being shot? Cops, per capita, always have young kids yeah. and wives. Seems like it. Um, Not
1: you know, a swinging bachelor. Uh, you, take
3: a look at, you take a look at the podcast community here. <laughs> Dawson, I don't want <laughs> you to be shot by black militant, but... but. Eh, leave the bong coming. Leave the bong collection to your sister. He has a dog. Okay, the dog and the bond collection. Well, what I'm saying is, it's like all these guys, every single one of these guys. It was not like, well, he was a gay cop and he was a loner. It's always like eh, he had mm-hmm. the three year old, the nine year old, and the seven year old. His wife was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like it's, they're yeah. always leaving. It, it's it's in terms of professions where you can be 31 and have three kids and a wife. This is number one. Mm. Like stand up comedian. Now yeah, the list. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it makes it that much sadder because it's always sure. daddy's not coming home. Absolutely.
1: Uh, what made this even more chilling was Officer Montrell Jackson, who was among the dead, wrote an emotional post on his Facebook page admitting it was hard for him being a black police officer. He did this about, I think, nine days previously. He wrote, I swear to God, I love this city, but I wonder if this city loves me. In uniform, I get nasty, hateful looks, and out of uniform, uh, some consider me a threat. These are trying times. Please don't let hate infect your heart. And then a little more than a week later, this happened really horrible yeah um, so turkey very, very, came out of nowhere, very confusing. A lot happened. I was just going to give you a quick little sure. breakdown. So, 290 people, actually that might have risen, I'm not sure, uh, around 290 people are dead, and Turkey was, has arrested 6,000 people after a failed coup with President Erdogan, vowing to purge state bodies of the, quote, virus that caused the result, This going no. to BBC. By
3: the way, you don't want to be on the losing side of the coup, no. because no. those guys...
1: That ain't coup. Cool.
3: It, uh, it's treason. Maybe if there's a coup in Sweden and they just give you your own island with a condo on it, and your punishment is you're only getting a 42-inch plasma, you're not getting the 60-incher, and uh, some nice IKEA furniture, and that's it. That That's the kind of coup you yep. want. These are the kind of coups where it's like... When we get bored torturing you, yeah. then maybe we'll, we'll kill you. you yeah. Yes, right. that's what all this is going to be.
1: So with many of the details surrounding this coup, there's still sort of unclear. The BBC put together a few details to make sense of what happened. It started with the bridges over Bosphorus Strait in Istanbul being blocked off by troops late Friday evening. A faction of the army then said it had seized power to protect democracy from President Erdogan. Now, this is, I don't know how familiar you are with this, but he's pretty, um, he's pretty religious dude and keeps apparently wanting to take over more power and more power. So yes. the military didn't uh, didn't share his views. So a curfew, martial law and the preparation of a new constitution was announced. Erdogan, who was on vacation, called on his supporters to take to the street and protest and they did. He then returned to Istanbul. Over the course of a violent night, TV stations were raided by soldiers. Explosions were heard in Istanbul and Ankara. protest. Uh, Protesters shot at, Turkish military chief was taken hostage, but by the early hours of Saturday morning, groups of soldiers involved began to surrender. Troops abandoned their tanks with their hands up. And I don't know if you saw any of this video, and they actually kept the live camera on an empty uh, news studio, which was also pretty chilling. Mm -hmm. Um, But here's some audio of a statement that one of many local news anchors was forced to read before they were ordered to leave the studio. They all read it. Here's one of them.
3: We'll get the sound going. I'm, I guess there's a translation. We'll work on it. hmm
1: So y- –
7: Including the military forces, all government institutions have
2: started to be formed by ideological views, therefore they weren't She's able to do blonde. their
8: jobs.
0: The <laughs> government, including the president, yeah, I'm, is in well, treason. I'm doing it has the diminished
8: math. all basic rights and liberties. The secular democracy, which is based on the
1: separation of powers, has been annulled. She's, she's, there. she's
7: there, Gretchen Carlson.
3: That's right. <laughs> she's there, Megan, was, Kelly. She's was, <laughs> Megan Kelly.
1: It was interesting because when I was watching this, I think Friday night, and just trying to figure out what was happening, a lot of the talking heads were saying we're not totally sure who's good and who's bad in uh, this situation. That's my
8: stance right now. I have no idea who the good guys are. <laughs> and they, who do you yeah. support? Well, because they said they're it liars anyway. They're, right. They teach them, they train them to lie. So who do you back in this? Case?
1: And they say there's a coup in Turkey every what? Fifteen years, twenty years. I you so your watch
8: to it.
3: I guess I I know we need them because of where they are geographically and who they border and all that. I we just, have a base there. I wish. I just want to say to everyone, what fucking year is it? What year is it? I thought we're all going to have hovercrafts and be wearing
8: my large jumpsuits. <laughs> like what? What? What, are, what year is it? What's
3: going on with the coups and the cleansings? And Only
8: the, in the past week or so have I started thinking the same way that you're thinking right there, right now. Uh, This is getting escalating to the point where we could be involved in a a Third World War uh, tonight. It could take off tonight. It could start tonight. And we could be involved in it uh, for the next five years or ten. And
3: by the way, it would be a Third World War, as in World War III, and also be a war with the third world. (laughs) Like, it'd be both these are all crazy third worlds that we're having we never you know we think about oh the military might of russia or, and industrialized germany under hitler or whatever and the Maginot line that's going across france but this is a third world war we're going to get in a war in a dumpster with
8: some hobos very it's uh i've always thought i've always wondered what happens when uh when the middle east runs out of oil because they have no industry, they've mm-hmm. depended on on their wealth, their oil wealth, up until this point. They don't even desalinate. They don't. Uh, they haven't take step taken steps to uh, provide water. No,
3: a- I, 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 you know, getting to the psychodynamic now becoming the theme of the show. Like what what is what is going on? Um, we talked about the example of the hot blonde who's gotten old and who has no skills. So you have the piping hot blonde chick who's always been the bell of the ball and every weekend was filled with dates and going to the prom and then that went into everyone buying her dinner and taking care of her and leasing her Jaguar and all that kind of stuff. And now the blonde has turned 50, starting to see the crow's feet and the wrinkles and her phone stops ringing and you go, okay, well now it's time to go to work. Well, what work? I don't know how to work. I haven't built up any skill. I don't have a skill set. Hey, the chick with the huge ass and the hook nose over there, she's got... (laughs) <laughs> she's got advanced <laughs> degrees. She's a certified beautician, and she runs her own law firm because she's not gone out on Saturday nights. The hot blonde oil is basically your hot blonde thing, which is okay. Exactly. Take a whole bunch of people, and you put this thing beneath their feet, and you can get rich beyond your wildest mm-hmm. imagination without really doing anything. just license the rights to mobile. They don't have mobile even Nexon. grow their
8: own food. I mean, like, they don't even. Run, they have stores, but they bring Filipinos in wh- to run the stores. Well, wh- why? They don't to do yeah why would you have any skill set
3: built up as a nation if you've just been riding on this black crude that's coming out from between your legs for the last hundred years and now when it
8: runs out we're going
3: somewhere else and now you're back to selling date shakes you're (laughs) in trouble
7: when i was 12-ish years old say circa 1990 my grandfather explained to me that elizabeth taylor was once the most beautiful woman on the planet it was universally agreed she was the most beautiful woman acting in uh, in Hollywood, and uh, all I knew of her was the white diamonds, you know. Older women have always brought me uh, luck. And I was like, she <laughs> nice. was the most beautiful woman in the world. Like, oh, everyone, everyone was in love with
8: her. She yeah, was beautiful. but the, the difference is, she she has got half the she had half the money in Southern California before she mm. died. You know. But fast forward seventy years from now, right. or seventy
7: five years from now, imagine explaining to like a young kid, like, oh, the Middle East, they were once. Opulently wealthy, they were once. They ran the world. You oh, know, yeah. they had the most money of anyone because they had all this oil. And seventy-five years from now, maybe, we're we'll probably, probably, I'm playing the odds, we will not have the dependence on oil we have today. And it'll just seem as absurd to as it seemed to me that Elizabeth Taylor was the most beautiful woman in Hollywood. At well, one point.
8: that's
1: my question because this all makes Brown sense.
3: Diamonds, <laughs> go ahead.
1: But um, and I, I don't know if I know enough about it right now to to answer. So maybe you do. Um, how does our dependence continue to? affect this negatively
3: well our dependence is good thing
1: we have elon but it's not moving as quick
3: our dependence is down quite a bit from where we think it is or was we
8: have plenty of oil anyway
3: we got plenty of oil canada's got plenty of oil we're also
8: weaning ourselves off of oil we're weaning ourselves
3: off oil we have tons of natural gas which we should be getting into a little more but we're i think from a percentage standpoint We use less from them than we use from ourselves Mm -hmm. and other sources, Canada, Mexico, and places like that. So, they're already down from us. Mm -hmm. We should. It'd be nice to get to zero. And they've got a lot of money and munitions and things saved up from the past and all when we were mostly on them. But it's a spigot that's been turned. To not a slow drip, but it's it's down quite a bit, and it could be down quite a bit more in the next five to ten years. Especially if we would be a little more realistic about it. Like I've talked to a lot of guys in the industry, and you know, they basically say we got a ton of natural gas. We should be hitting the natural mm-hmm. gas, and it's like it's got the word gas in it, mm-hmm. so it's no good. And I wish whoever is elected next, although it'll never happen because it makes too much sense. I, I, I love someone to go look. I want to be off all this fossil fuel and or natural natural gas burns incredibly clean, but okay, still, I want to be off it. I want to be off all that stuff. I want to be on all this alternative stuff too, but it's going to take twenty years. Let's just do use our own fuel for the next twenty years and be working at the same time for all these alternative things. And we'll have it. But meanwhile, we won't be shipping over uh, steamer trunks full of cash to the Middle East. We'll focus on our... Tapping into our own resources, yes. It's kind of
7: like giving yourself a deadline for a, a diet or something. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I want to lose this much no. weight by Christmas or by, you know, whatever, whatever. Because if, you, if you're if you committed to using your own supply at some point, it's going to run out or run dangerously low. That's your deadline. You know what I mean? Get your shit your. Sh-
8: but your, also, it works into the equation as well. Now, my thoughts are, what are they going to do when they run out of oil?
3: No, that's okay. Well, what are they?
8: uh, And also, if you look at the other side of the coin, what are they going to do when we stop using oil? When the rest of the world stops using oil to the point where they're sitting on top of all this oil that's useless and worthless and worth nothing that no one wants and they can't eat it?
3: Oil is going to have this crazy thing. If you looked at a graph fr- fr- on the world's calendar of flatlining zero until, you know, 1899, then the Spiced spike wildly. up, the like wild, and wild spike, and then, and then back down. Around, yeah. yeah,
7: 2080.
3: So in 2015, we used 24% of um, the consumption was from them. Is that correct? 24% of our oil, of the petroleum in general, the US used, came from other countries. Other countries, seventy six
7: percent was domestic,
3: right? But are we including Canada and Mexico? Because this it, is it said other countries. So yes. we well, we'll we'll go for go for OPEC or you know Middle Eastern stuff. We'll see because now that number even lower if you work in Mexico and Canada.
8: But we sell more than that to other countries as well. So I don't understand why we sell like thirty percent of our oil and then we import twenty four percent. Does it make that any sense? Make any Maybe sense. it's NAFTA. Maybe well, that's why, that's why we voted for it.
3: Hillary in there to put these stop these fat cats <laughs> from doing this. <laughs> I think it's going to take the great negotiator. Uh, all right. Shall we bring it home?
1: You got it. I'm Gina Grad, and that's the news. That would not go
0: over
8: good in the hood. Gina Gina!
0: That was the news with Gina Grad. Gina Grad. Quick break to tell you about Caldera, Caldera
3: Lab. Dry skin, acne scars, wrinkles, or just one healthier skin. This is the product I use. The Good by Caldera Lab. Non-toxic natural serum made 100% from plants. Named by GQ is the best natural face serum for men. For all guys and all skin types. Great with beards or bald heads or dry scalp. Keeps it uh, shiny and moisturized. Caldera Lab believes... You shouldn't have to decide between clean, sustainable ingredients and real results. Simply apply to dry skin. The result is perfection. That's right, gentlemen. Take care of your skin. Try 100% risk-free.
0: If you don't love it, they'll refund it in full. Right, Dawson? Special offer for the Adam Carolla Show audience. 20% off your first Caldera Lab purchase of the good. Go to calderalab.com slash adam. That's C-A-L-D-E-R-A-L-A-B dot com slash adam. Or use discount code adam at checkout.
4: And that was R. Lee Ermey back in 2016. His final appearance on the Adam Carolla Show. He's come on a few times and uh, even one time he brought in his crazy military truck or jeep yeah i love whenever he came on he was really awesome
5: he had incredible timing uh, every portion of his life including getting hired for the movie and then getting a film career uh running all of his the whorehouses he's talking about in the past at the time he ran them oh yeah and then also checking out before the me too movement
4: rest in peace r lee ermie rest in peace all right let's get going with our final clip of the day this one is from 2018 rob Riggle was in studio Adam
5: Carolla Show episode 2256 Rob's been on a ton of times uh, including an early solo episode we've played almost all of them this is one of the best ones Uh, John Tabis also this episode not in this portion Uh, Gina Grant and Brian Bishop are in this portion February of 2018 Rob's in studio talks about going from the military flying aircraft to improv comedy
3: Rob Riggle in studio always happy to see Rob Riggle
10: thank you glad to be here
3: Yeah, the, you know, as a comic, when you go out on the road and you get trapped somewhere, you end up doing things you wouldn't normally do, which (laughs) is go to the Winchester Mystery House because you got two shows that night, but it's, you got all day. Yeah. And where is that? In Sac, uh, Fresno, San 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 Jose. Yeah, San Jose. They also had a car museum and the car museum was like, well, there's a 1988 bone stock. Pontiac Fiero. And would be like, Ooh. what? This isn't a car museum. This is a place with a roof where cars are parked, but that doesn't make it a museum. And the Winchester Mystery yeah. House is like 27 bucks and it's nothing. It's just walking
4: through
10: a house. Just as nice cars at the airport.
3: At the lot. airport. Absolutely. If you were at SFO, it'd be better. Rob is here. Podcasts, Wriggles Picks with uh, Rob and Sarah Tiano. have been in here before. Uh, who we enjoy. And then also the movie, of course, uh, 12 Strong which is out. Um, I saw him uh, hosting uh, NFL Honors, doing an amazing job. I I, uh, I see you all over Fox. I see you all over TV. I see you in features. I see you in commercials. And I always just think, good for you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the same feelings about Kevin Smith, but when I hear about Rob Riggle, I go, good for Rob. Such a nice guy, good. a veteran. How long were you in the Marines? 23 years. 23 years. 23 I think years. Mike August... Always wanted to do a sitcom because he said Rob Riggle was the only Marine station on Manhattan for a while, and he said that's a sitcom. Is yeah. that
10: true? It should have been. It should have been a sitcom. Yeah. No, I uh, I was uh, I was stationed in Manhattan. That was my last active duty station. Well, I take that back. I, I did. I got called back for a year. Went to Afghanistan uh, and then served down at Central Command down in Tampa. But uh, yeah, I was I was on active duty in Manhattan for a while. Yeah, A little small office, the dog and pony stuff. It's you not
1: know. all Fleet Week.
10: It, we did a lot of fleet oh, week. Yeah, a, lot of say, fleet yeah, week. Yeah, a lot I'm of just... fleet week prep. <laughs> uh,
3: yes.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
10: I wasn't on the actual
7: you know, committee. Post game, yeah, sure.
3: <laughs> Again, according to sex in the city, that was a very big week oh, for yeah. the it's ladies a fun, over sexy there. Time. Mm-hmm.
10: It is kind of a, it, it's, it just is a Samantha. It, it's a perfect storm in a way. You have a, just a lot of Marines and sailors hitting port <laughs> and uh hitting it kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, there's a lot of ladies in town. It's kind of a happy match. Yeah,
3: so twelve strong, and I didn't know this. You play uh, Colonel Max Bowers, and you served with him when he was, he was
10: in the military. He was actually my boss. He oh, was my wow. di- he was my direct boss. So so nine um, eleven happens. I was in the re- I had just left after active, du- active duty in two thousand. I was in the reserves uh, in Manhattan. Nine um, eleven happens. My reserve unit's in Manhattan. We were the only reserve unit in Manhattan. So I was activated the night of September 11th, reported to Ground Zero on September 12th, worked on the rubble piles from the 12th to like the 18th and then, uh, and then to the 30th of September I worked in one police plaza helping coordinate military civilian efforts. I was a captain at the time. My country was just attacked. I was pissed off, so I volunteered to go back on active duty. I had a pretty high security clearance, so I knew they would pick me up and it didn't take long. I got my orders on November 10th, uh, Marine Corps birthday. November 17th, uh, I reported to Central Command. November 30th, I was in Afghanistan. Wow. Wow. So when I got to Afghanistan, though, I reported to 3rd Battalion, 5th Special Forces Group. My commanding officer was uh, Lieutenant Colonel Max Bowers. I was a captain wow. at the time. And I, even though I was a Marine, I was coming from Central Command, so I was attached to their unit. But I worked on his command element, um, doing civil affairs and public affairs work for him. Uh, so I briefed him every morning, briefed him every night. And, and then and now I'm playing him in the movie, so I felt like I knew the man
3: yeah yeah how much did that help in terms of not not your portrayal, but sure. what I'm saying is is like getting your foot in the door, getting the audition. I like, like I feel like I'm making a movie I'm just gonna give it to the guy who was there.
10: person i I think it helped I think it helped um, I, I you know the, the script I read the script five years ago five mm. years ago, so you know and, and I went in and I met with Mr. Bruckheimer and, you know, we talked about it and, I, and he asked me, you know, is the dialogue seem real? And I was like, mm, parts of it mm, parts of it not. And, you know, this isn't how we joke with each other. And we just had kind of a conversation about the script. And then I left. I shook hands and I never heard from him again. So I thought, well, that was that. I must have said something wrong. And uh, five years go by and then all of a sudden I get a call out of the blue saying, hey, they're making the movie. They want you to be Bowers. Are you in? Wow. I,
3: I could see go. Rob – getting a little uh, overzealous with this stuff and playing fast and loose with the truth for future ones like are hey, we doing the Robert E. Lee story yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, sure, I know yeah, yeah I know the guy oh my god send the script over right? <laughs> kick his uh, ass in a bar I can once. tell you all <laughs> you need to know oh you're talking oh, about old Bobby from, Lee Bobby <laughs> Lee oh, oh Jesus what a handful don't get me started <laughs> he's fine
10: until he gets the whiskey in him <laughs> So – um I have a question. Yes. Speaking of what you have
7: said, did you ever notice any ill uh, side effects from being on Ground Zero after immediately after? Because somebody heard I get some at, stories. Yeah, I get, I
10: get asked that a lot and I got to say no. Um, lucky. I don't know. Maybe I'm just lucky or or I just – I don't know. Uh, I've smoked a lot in my 20s. Maybe that's uh, – so it, it all panned Toughened out. It, it all came out. I don't know. But I um, – no, I, I I felt nothing, and and for the first couple of days I worked with no mask on or oh anything, and then when they finally did get us mask, it was like a little surgical mask, yeah, yeah. like you see
1: at the airport.
3: They're little. The airport what, what they are? Because doing enough construction, they're they're paper, but you sweat into them because it's yes. like you hold your hand in front of your face, you'll yes. just start immediately sweat up yeah. the palm of your yes. hand, and so then they they're paper so they start getting moist and then you have to kind of, you pull them down you breathe and then you put them back up so you can get back to work and then you pull down and like and it's a hot, it's
10: a hot, wet, stinky mess because your breath is ass and right. it eventually gets all moldy and wet in there and it's it's gross. The so guys, eventually you usually rip it off. The guys yeah. you want
3: to hang with on the construction side are the guys who poke the hole in it and push a cigarette through that's, oh, that's <laughs> it. That's the dude. That's the guy who just got done riding Mexican space shuttle on the porta potty <laughs> and then the free cowboy hats to the ass liners with the arrow. Like that's the guy you want to eat lunch with. You want to sit on his pile of drywall when you eat yeah. lunch.
0: Tee yeah. up with him.
3: Oh, I God. always uh, I, I always worked with I worked with a guy named Gareth once, who every single time he pulled the mask down, he would always go, damn it, there's nothing I could do to save the patient. <laughs> like, like, every single time he pulled it out, he was like a frustrated 80s surgeon. But
10: I love that he went into character. Every he, time he just, just had a big every He's time. Like, damn it, Liv.
3: Yeah, it was the toughest part of the job. He's like, had to go in and talk to the next a kid. I've done now. all
10: I can. I worked, yes. at, I worked in a bag factory in North Kansas City uh, the summer before I went to college. And, uh, um, I was the only one who worked because if you got, if you, um, you got more money on welfare than you did if you worked a 40 hour week in the bag factory mm-hmm. and they would, uh, so everybody would try to get fired because if you got right. fired, you could go collect.
3: But if you quit, you couldn't get it. Exactly. exactly.
10: Right. So the, so, and I was a young 18 year old kid. So, and I was, you know, zesty from the suburbs. So I was working hard and I showed up ready to go with a little spring butt attitude and, uh, um, yeah, everybody that I worked with—Vernell, uh, uh, Dwayne, Luther, uh, Danny—you know all Just the say guys. Say all that <laughs> you. They were all uh, uh, safety conscious. Was not part of their world. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. They would go out at lunch Accident and they would prone. get. A six pack, each get a six pack of natty light and a half pint of extra dry gin and they would finish it in 30 minutes. That's right. And then they'd come back and drive the forklifts around and all that stuff. So, so safety on work sites has never been something I've been Did fortunate they have enough the to zero enjoy. days since yeah. uh, accident, dry always, yeah. always. <laughs> And they would, and they would tell the foreman, they would literally get in his face and tell him to go fuck himself and they would just get all over his case and he would sit there and take it and go, okay, all Jesus. right, that's, hey, why don't you calm down now, Danny? And then he'd go, Rob, I need you to do all the work today. <laughs> And I would get tasked with all the jobs.
3: Well, this is one of those things. Like, w- depending on where you come from and what you do. Like, when I work construction, like if we did hear about some guy who fell off a ladder and impaled himself on some rebar, <laughs> but now he was going to get paid for three months and didn't oh. have to come. It's like, oh, lucky son of a bitch, sweet Bert's bastard, lucky, sweet. <laughs> he's probably playing Nintendo right yeah. now and eating cereal out of the box. Yeah, he's, he's loving, loving it. The box. He's yeah. loving it. Oh, dude. And life. Probably get a new pipe for his jet ski. Because you know, man, at eighteen hundred a month. Oh, I mean, Some Jesus guys Christ. Some That's guys fat have all the <laughs> I know we used to talk about guys who are insane losers. Kenny Ryback got a job. He's working at Gelson's. He's not a checker, but he's a bagger, but he gets ten bucks an hour. Golden time he gets fifteen <laughs> on if he works Christmas. Guy must have a horseshoe. It's, it's like it's crazy what you would look at. Oh. I had this thing, I don't know if you had this thing, but I, I sort of went when I was doing all this kind of work, I remember thinking to myself, even if somebody paid you fifteen dollars an hour, mm-hmm. by the is just not the way to do it. When the work is miserable, like get paid by the gig. Like mm-hmm. I remember, how, I, I wasn't thinking about comedy. Yeah. I wasn't thinking, I don't know what I was thinking about, but I had this thought that. I'd pick some insane sum, like $20 an hour. Even if you got $20 an hour, you still wouldn't want to rack up as much of your life at this factory as possible. You'd want to get paid, get your mountain leave.
10: You have a successful mindset. That's a growth mindset. I, I do believe that, honestly, because that's how you're supposed to look at things. You're not – the hourly wage, man, it's, it's – uh, it's, you're never going to uh, be independent on the hourly wage.
3: Well, we wage. used to always – it was our – uh, Art Fuss who used to run the carpet cleaning job <laughs> Art Fuss Art Fuss <laughs> fantastic. he used to state us like we'd be getting six bucks an hour and he'd be like what would you do for ten dollars an hour and we'd be like I would blow Shamu <laughs> I would, and he'd pick these like insane jobs. Uh Like I'd go into an AIDS hospice and lick the ground without using a mop. (laughs) Like, like, and it was ten dollars. That was the the high benchmark. The benchmark (laughs) was ten dollars. Was the the, the fantasy? But that's
10: one of the oldest games in the world. I remember going to summer camp, and okay, how much would it? How much would it take for you to? Eat a turd. Okay, well, you know, I'm probably in to eat the whole thing. Just a Super Bowl away. Take take a bite of it, or to eat it, and they're like, "Well, take a bite." Okay, for a bite, at least fifty k. That's me.
3: How how much were you getting (laughs) an hour at the bag factory?
10: Um, I got uh, this is true story. Nine dollar? No, that can't be right. Oh, it was four dollars and ten cents. An hour, because I got uh, after taxes, a whole 40-hour week, I I would clear what my take-home was, $140. Oh, my Yeah.
3: Yeah. Do you think you got – now, see, <clears throat> you're everywhere. You're doing all these – you have 18 jobs. I, I feel like that base and the Marines and the bag factory and all that kind of stuff, it's hard to say no to a gig that pays good, <laughs> that doesn't – that involves a – some cheese in a green room, like it all feels like well, it's yeah. all gravy, right? Is there? Do you have trouble saying no to things because it all just feels like this isn't a bag factory?
10: Yes, I mean, especially in the beginning of your acting comedy show business career, you say yes to everything. I did because uh, you wanted the you wanted the gig, you wanted the experience, yeah. you wanted to be seen, you wanted to build a reel, you wanted to anything you could to just get some traction. You just wanted to get some. So I said yes to everything. Um, and just now, <laughs> and I know it doesn't feel like it cause I've been very fortunate to keep working, but just now I am getting very good at saying no to stuff. I, f- but I'm still saying yes to a lot of stuff, but I still say, I'm saying no more than I've ever said before in my life.
3: I just was reminded by uh, Chris Max, Pat, that one of my favorite recurring roles, Gil Thorpe, the realtor <laughs> on modern family, unbelievable piece of comedy acting by rob rickle it you. is so my kids love that show oh, a, it is i a love great that show. show it is a great it's show, a good show. It's and a good show. it's really well written and really well done and gill i don't know if we can find some of gill interacting with phil but <laughs>
10: well there's only it, three words you need to know in real estate and that's
3: thorpe 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 <laughs> <Gil> Thor. <laughs> i love it i love i love how phil's always defeated by gill i love what a <laughs> Pretentious prick. Gil He's just Thorpe such a is. perfect foil it,
10: to Ty Burrell's character because his character is so sweet. He's the nicest guy in the world, and then you need the biggest <laughs> douche to, to deal with the nicest guy in the world.
3: Oh God! When I tell my kids Gil Thorpe is in here, that's going to be a, that's going to be a big deal. You may, you may, you may. Uh, take uh, Uncle Jimmy's place in the uh, power <laughs> ranking of uh, celebrity friends. Temporarily, he'll start to slide back into number one.
1: Come on, <laughs>
3: my, my, my kids are so horrible that my 11-year-old daughter, we're walking uh, Phil, named after Phil Dunphy, uh, the 110-pound lab, to Starbucks the other night. And my daughter, just out of the blue, goes, uh, Hey, uh, Mom, no offense, but if they ever did one of those you know, occupation days where you bring in a family member and they had to explain what the occupation did. I'd go with uncle Jimmy. And I said, uh, well, he's not your family. Well, he's uncle Jimmy. Yeah. No offense, mom. But just wow. so you know, if it happens, and then I said, Well, what about me? I'm in, I'm, I'm a celebrity. And he's like, Yeah, no offense. Wow. I'm still sticking with Jimmy on this one. I he said, Well, good luck. Yeah, you know what? Hitting up his publicist. Oh, do we have guilt? Oh, hold cla- on a second. It's the classic
10: No Offense, too.
3: Yeah. I don't think you understand of, what that means. No offense <laughs> is right up there with I'd like to help. No, you would not. You never have. It's never going to happen once you announce. N- no offense is always wildly offensive, uh-huh. and I'd like to help always equals zero help.
7: Yeah. Often, when they preface it with, don't take this the wrong way, but yeah. there's only one way to take it. Right. You already way. know that, which is yeah. why you're telling me. Like, you is them. there a right way to take this yeah. horrible we'll
3: thing? We'll play a, yeah. uh, a clip of Gil Thorpe in a second. First, I'll tell you about the legal Zoom, man. How about we make 2018 a good year with legal Zoom and finally get serious about uh, launching your own business? Uh, help, uh, Rest easier knowing your family and future are squared away with the right estate plan. Legal Zoom—they've been helping people take care of their dreams and responsibilities for over 16 years. Mark Garrigus will sit right where Gil Thorpe is sitting, and he will tell you: go ahead and use Legal Zoom. Don't use me unless you're uh, Chris Brown and you're being arrested because you took a picture of yourself and a monkey and put it on Instagram and some do-gooder called the cops and had you and your monkey arrested legal zoom god i hate people legal zoom not a law firm but they have resources to keep you on track including advice from their nationwide network of independent attorneys no billing by the hour no billable hours there it's legal zoom price is given up front start
0: get start off uh, 2018 with a good story huh LegalZoom, Dawson. Go to legalzoom.com slash Adam and get special savings. That's legalzoom.com slash Adam. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. Legalzoom.com slash Adam. All right, let's uh, just because Gilthorpe, I forgot all about
3: Gilthorpe. It makes me <laughs> laugh every time. Oh. That's my wife. I
10: better take it. Hey, hey, oh, listen, whatever you do, don't tell her you're playing golf on a weekday. She'll be doing dishes all night.
9: Good call. Thank you, my man.
10: Hey, honey, what's up?
9: Oh, not much. Just at uh, a meeting. You know, working hard, bringing home the bacon.
10: No, he's not. He's playing golf. No. <laughs> Four. Uh, nice putt. <laughs> Why are you lying to your wife, Dunphy? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he had a beer at lunch, what
9: too. What's with you?
10: <laughs> <laughs> you just got torpedoed. <laughs> Come back here.
3: <laughs> torpedo. It's always funny. <laughs> <laughs> the old is always... God, there's like, they're going after the same houses. What was the best one? Was it the, uh, oh, 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 we were just talking about this. Weren't we the uh, uh, career day? Was there a career? There was a career day. There was day. a career
10: day. when. Oh, yes. Oh, God, that was a good. And I, I handed out uh, Gil Pickles. Pickles. Gil Pickles. Yeah. And, Gil Pickles. And then he tried to do, uh, Phil tried to do a, uh interactive thing where he interacted with himself on a TV, but he got out of sync with it. <laughs> And he could never catch up. And so it turned into this debacle.
3: Oh, you got to find Gil Thorpe uh, career day. It made me laugh my ass off. All right. Well, we were going to play made up movie, but screw it. I want to take a break. Oh, well, now we got to watch this and we'll do 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 some news, but this always cracks me up. It's so good.
9: Guess what? I've been in your house when you weren't home and yours and yours. No, I'm not a burglar. I'm a realtor.
10: Hello! Hey, sorry I'm late. I just sold another mansion. (laughs) How you doing, honey?
9: History is full of great rivalries. Athens and Sparta, Kerrigan and Harding, Phil Dunphy, and Gil Thorpe. In this scenario, he's the Tonya, I'm the Nancy.
10: Pay attention, kids. You're about to hear from the number four realtor in town.
9: (laughs) Anyway, uh, I'm not going to bore you guys with a lecture. Instead... I'd like you to watch as I converse with a young man who's wondering what to do with his life. Hey, kid. Hey, kid. Up here. Damn up it. Up
3: here. 16-year-old. wick.
9: What's up? I'll tell you what's up. I'm interested in helping you by telling you all about a career in real estate. Real estate is not just buying and selling houses. I don't have time for that. it fail. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like we need to start at the beginning. You see, real estate is about people.
10: I couldn't agree more, Phil. Best part of our job is putting the right person in the right home. Kill. matter of fact, last week, I put a Spanish couple into Kill. a Spanish home. A world without houses.
9: That's crack cray Okay,
10: okay. Bill, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to script your little show. I know timing is critical on these things. <laughs> Believe me, the last thing I wanted well, to do was... You sold the house to the Channel 7 weatherman? No, no.
9: <laughs> but I did sell one to Kobe Bryant. Guess what? He's not talking to you. He's talking to me. And I have a very funny story, actually. <laughs> I walk into a... That's no. hilarious. No, I haven't told. you. <laughs> okay, um, oh,
7: the concern t shirt.
9: Uh, great throw. You were right. It is in my court. Both of your court, guess what? <laughs> it was me the whole time.
10: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> come on, kid. Come on, give it up. Give it up. He tried. I think we all know what you were going for, Phil. But I'm looking out here and I'm seeing some hungry kids. Am I right? That's why I brought plenty of. Gil Pickles! Who wants
9: a Gil Pickle! Come on, let me see him. Alright, come on. Grab one. Gil pickles. Genius. So much <laughs> better than my phyllo cases. There wasn't a fan. One
1: of
3: him in bed is more than enough. Alright. There's Gil Thorpe. <laughs> Love a Gil Thorpe. It's <laughs> <a> great dick. <laughs> I wonder if um I don't know, maybe a it's a like a Spanish couple. <laughs> air quotes. <laughs> I, I'd like to look it up. I don't know how you do it. But, I mean, I wonder if nicer guys play better douches oh. because they're free. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, they're freed yes. up. Yes. And now stop speaking. The only yeah, nice yeah. guy, Larry Miller. Larry Miller the is the nicest guy in show business. He's the perfect he example. always plays a horrible Absolutely. douche of a whoever. <laughs> right. But I, I wonder if there's a part of you that feels in those quiet hours that you may be kind of douchey right. that doesn't let you, <laughs> you completely... It's my argument with myself. If I was actually racist, I wouldn't make as many offensive racist jokes. Make I'd be guilty. A about I'd it. feel weird about yeah. it. Like yeah. I,
10: I, I think I look the, uh, there's a part of your personality that you never get to take for a walk or you shouldn't take for a walk. And when you get opportunities to play douches. Mm-hmm. You get to take that guy for a walk. And I mean, let him peacock. So I love, I love playing characters like that. And sadly, I play them kind of well, which means I get offered more douchey characters, which then I get to go play more douches. And then I, people, then it, it, all the characters I play tend to be a douche. So I'm trying to, obviously. And then when people think of Robert, they think douche. Unfortunately, but they think funny douche, yeah, which true. I can live with that.
3: My kids love Thorpe, That's all I can say. <laughs> all right. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back with the news right after this
0: give me the news with grad news with gina grad breaking viral all those crazy trump tweets give me news with gina grad trouble in the middle east celebrity drunk meltdowns deep news with gina gina the news with gina grad
1: you know, before we before we move on to that, um, I have a fun fact about Rod Regal.
0: Mm-hmm. We
1: are from the same town and attended the same high school.
2: Wow.
3: <laughs> That's yeah, real.
1: We're knaves.
3: That's right. We're Raiders. Yeah, we're Raiders. Go nothing, Raiders. Nothing greater than a Raider. Yeah. Rob, yeah. you must have played football. You're a strapping guy. I did. You love sports. What was, uh, how, so how, you went to, you, you played in high school, yes. you went to college, and then you ended up in the Marines. Yes. So how did that work?
10: Uh, it, it's, uh, I, um, was a the- I was a theater and film major at the University of Kansas, but I had my pilot's license. As was
1: I, mm-hmm. but I didn't have that. I so Rob pi- followed I, your footsteps. <laughs> I,
10: I had my pilot's license in undergrad, um, so I took a test called the AQTFAR for the Marines, and I got a guaranteed flight contract. And so then waiter, Top was that, Gun, was that, waiter, I to or Top gun, <laughs> right.
3: I figured waiter didn't get laid as much as Top Gun did. How much flying did you end up doing?
10: Um, I, I made it all the way, uh, to, uh, to the advanced pipeline, uh, through flight school and the Marines. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I went through AI, went through, um, uh, primary down in Corpus Christi, went through intermediates down there and got helicopters and was headed back to Pensacola when I decided, you know, if I pin those wings on they're they're going to own me for 10 years before I even have a chance to get
3: out. Did you always have a... Thought about comedy? And obviously you performed, I mean, you were in college, you studied it, so. But that's still not stand-up. Were you thinking stand-up?
10: No, I wasn't. I didn't know what form, I didn't even know what improv was, or sketch, really. I just knew that I loved comedy. I grew up, a child of the 80s, so I grew up, uh, stripes, Caddyshack, Meatballs, you know, these were the movies of my youth, the, the things I rallied around. So, I just loved comedy. Didn't understand what it really meant. I just understood. I loved it. And I was fairly funny. I was voted most humorous in my senior class. Huh?
1: Oh, look at you. Right. Oh.
10: And, um, <laughs> and like I said, I love theater and, and, and film. Um, but again, I didn't know what it meant. So actually, but I did know that if I, if I continued flying, I'd have to do at least 11 years before I even had the option of getting out. Yeah. I ended up doing 23 total, so I ended up staying a long time. But it would have all been active duty, and huh. I would have never had an opportunity to pursue comedy and acting. So um, so. that's, and so, uh, now, I, that's wo-
3: right. I wonder, see, I don't feel like my kids, 11-year-olds who love Gil Thorpe, I don't feel like they're going to deal with that. So many people I talked to were like, I liked comedy, but I didn't know where to go, and I just sort of wandered around, and I was the same way. I was like a I loved comedy. It was completely rudderless. I had no idea how anything worked or who you could talk to right. or what you could do. And now I, one of the big advantages to being young now is just like whatever you're interested in, you can go look it up, suss it mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. research it and go There's do it. You can intern, you can whatever. I wanted to get in radio my entire life. I never even know where the radio station was. Yeah. Like I didn't know anything Like didn't have anything on the side of the building. I was at Pasadena Junior College when I was, you know, 28, just wandering around going, do you guys have a radio show or something? And they're going, yeah, we have a station, but you can't be on it. And I'm like, why can I audition? And they're like, no, you have to enroll in this. And then you take voice Ugh. and diction. And then you go talk to Mr. Tommy over there. And then you go figure out this. And then five semesters now, maybe we'll give you a shot talking to Mike that's yeah. not hooked up. Like I was just like wandering <laughs> I was just like wandering around and everyone's just kind of going, go, go home, yeah. go home. Yeah. We don't know, go home. And then,
6: barriers to entry.
3: Yeah. Then you just go back to the construction site and talk to guys. They're like, I don't know. What do you? I don't know anybody. And that'd be it. You just go back home again.
10: Totally. I, I, I totally agree. And, and you got to remember, I'm down in flight school in Corpus Christi, Texas, and uh, I'm like a second lieutenant, maybe a first lieutenant at this point. But I, I, I know nobody in show business, nobody in comedy. I know nobody in this world. I just know that I want to do it and I know I got to try it or I'm going to. Fucking die if I don't try it, or I'll always regret it. So that's when I stopped flying and I stayed in the Marines and fulfilled my ground contract. I just became a ground officer instead of a flight officer. So I became a ground officer. Great. Did my time in North Carolina, knocked it out. Awesome. And then I was just – I literally was like, I'm moving to Chicago because I heard that's where Belushi and those <laughs> guys started at Second City. And that's where I'm going to go. And I literally I had a plan. I had a, I had a buddy I was going to live with. I was going to bartend or wait tables uh, and go do improv. That was it. And then the Marines came and said, well, hold on. I just got promoted to captain. They go, what would it take for you to stay in? And I said, ah, I'm going – I have a plan. I'm going to Chicago. And there's no military or there's no Marine Corps base there. But they said, well, we've got a small office in New York or Los Angeles. And I said, if you can get me to New York, I'll extend. I'll give you three more years on active duty. But I won't augment. And they called my bluff. Next morning, I had had orders to New York City. So I was like, well, shit.
3: Where, Where physically was the office in New York City?
10: Third Avenue and 49th.
3: Oh, oh, so it's right in there.
10: Yeah, yeah. And it was up on the, well, I don't know what
3: floor in case there's are any terrorists listening. <laughs> Third <laughs> Avenue in 49th. Yeah, that's right there. Man. Yeah, it was
10: right by Smith & Willensky's, right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so I so I, I got to New York. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anything. And I went, I wandered. I was living on the Upper East Side, so I wandered over to the comic strip live up there on 82nd and 2nd. And I said, do you guys teach comedy? Like, that's how naive I was. And they go, well, yeah, well, there's a, well, there's a guy here who teaches a stand up class. Go, Great, sign me up. I'm in. So I, I took his class. It was awful. He, not, yeah. him, not him. I mean, he's fine. He does whatever. But his style was three jokes per minute, set up, punch, set up, punch, set up, punch. And that wasn't, I'm, I was a more of the Eddie Murphy, yeah. you know, delirious, where you tell stories. And mm-hmm. in the process of telling a story, you have characters and you da 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 and I hated it I hated it so much I can't even tell you how much I hated it I hated the class I hated the people in the class I hated the teacher I had to get up and do five minutes I blacked out because I was so nervous that I I did the five minutes but I I didn't know what I did until I watched the videotape when I went home Hmm. and I watched the tape and I got through it I guess but there was a lot of is this thing on I said that I don't remember saying (laughs) that just crazy and I remember thinking I made the biggest mistake of my life I I was like I could be a pilot right now what was I fucking thinking and I was so mad at myself and then a friend of mine said, "Hey, I've got a friend you should talk to." So I, I go, "Oh, it was Dave Keckner." And I oh, we love and, Dave. And I, I call Dave, and I go, "Dave, you don't know me from a hole in a wall, but we have a mutual friend." He said, "No, I've been expecting the call. What's going on?" So I broke it all down for him. He goes. He goes, well, dude, you got to try improv and sketch, man. And I was like, what is that? You know, right. and, goes, and there's nothing here. The only thing in, in New York at the time was uh, Chicago City Limits, which is short form, gamey type improv, right? So I was like, oh, I don't want to sing songs and, you know, try to decipher fart codes and all this stuff. So I was like, I don't know if that's for me. He goes, no, no, I got some friends that just moved here a year ago. Uh, from Chicago, Amy Poehler, Matt Walsh, Matt Besser, Ian Roberts. It's called the Upright Citizens Brigade. Uh, go see their show. They do it on Sunday night. It's called Ask Cat. So I was like, all right. So I went down. And it was like the scene at the triple rock church in Bluesboro. The <laughs> fucking light, the light hit me. Light. And I was like, this is it. Hand, is it And
3: springs all the way down <laughs> the aisle. Brown is there, is <laughs> all
10: the see? way down. And I, I, that was it. I was like, "This, what they're doing is what I want to do. They were improvise long form uh, yeah. improv. They were improvising scenes and making shit up and, and playing with each other and just being amazing. And so I was like, well, that's it. And then that, that kind of set my path. And then I started studying there and eventually teaching there and trying to get opportunities and blah
3: blah blah yeah the Um, other part is you know not only do you not have anybody telling you what you can do or what to do or any kind of guidance at all but then you'll run into these characters along the way who are not helping the process at all they explain this is how you have to do stand-up or that's this is how it works and (laughs) and you don't know who you are all you know is it doesn't fit Mm -hmm. i feel feel like a 14-year-old guy struggling with his sexuality like he was like i find myself more attracted to uh jason over there than jenny over there but why and then everyone goes aren't chicks hot and you go yeah i guess guess they are and they go come on let's go make out with chicks and you're like i don't really want to and they go why wouldn't you want to and you go i'm thinking about but you can't really explain it it's just kind of a feeling and then you go to tuscany and uh and our uh, uh, army Funny Hammer Hammer's there. takes he's, you by the like, hand, and you take a little dip in there's his a, pond. There's a, there's a tangerine. You, yeah, you need that thing where, where somebody goes, you should be doing this. Like yeah. you don't, because you don't know what you should be doing. All you yeah. do is you turn on TV, you see stand-ups, uh-huh. or you see whatever, sitcom, and you go, I guess that's what you do. Yep. And then you go try it, and it's not your sport.
10: Yep. I, and I couldn't agree more. And, and like I said, child of the 80s, the stand-up scene, stand-ups were everything. Sam Kinison, you know, uh um, uh Dice Clay, the, the guy from Boston, the uh Stephen Wright, right. you know, like the stand up was everything in the comedy world. I just didn't know there were other avenues and I and when you grow up in Kansas without an internet, you you just don't know things. You don't know things. And so I it is He speaks the truth. Wonderful there was wonderful things of of guiding hands like like that. like you're talking about like Keckner reaching in and saying, "Maybe you ought to consider this." Yeah. Had I not wonder, said that, I probably would have never found that
8: path.
3: There's also maybe though, on the bright side, Rob Riggle. Yes. Riggle's picks. <laughs> it's uh <clears throat> on Apple, a podcast one and Apple Podcasts, well every week. Um there's something about a naivete and a discovery process that's kind of dreamy in and in a, in a weird way. Like I could remember, like my son, he goes on the internet and he's like, I want to have my own YouTube sports channel and blah, blah, blah. Like it's all not, he'll either achieve it or he won't, but it's all kind of laid out. Mm-hmm. It's accessible. Like I, I remember when I first met. Uh, Kimmel, and he was like, you got something going on. And I'm like, what is it? Tell me. And he's (laughs) like, I, something. And I was like, what, what, what are we going to do? And he's like, we should do something. I'm like, but what? What can we do together? No one's going to let us do anything together. And he goes, well, we should think about it. We should eat and think about it. You know, (laughs) let's (laughs) do it. Let's, Let's, but there wasn't. Oh, I know a guy is over at Netflix, oh. and he can set a meeting up, and we're going to go pitch. And it wasn't that laid out, so it was a lot of like, what does the future hold? Yeah, and it was a little bit magical because it was like we didn't know what was around any corner.
10: That's the that's the beautiful part about it too, and and, and about successful journeys. Those are always the the first step is just taken in faith. You know, you just got to you got to just put yourself out there and and risk the failures and risk the blows that you're going to ex- encounter but that's where I think that's the difference between people who who do stuff in this world and the people who don't the the people who don't just it, it, there's an old saying in the marines you know the the people that you know uh the the cowards uh, uh the weak fell out along the way and the cowards never started you mm-hmm. know and and uh um and and you know I get people, young people all the time saying, well, how how do I do it? How do I do it? And what they're really asking is, how do I do it without having to work?
1: Can you fast track me?
10: (laughs) And Exactly. And I I don't blame them. Everybody seeks out the path of least resistance. I get it. I did. But the truth at the end of the day is, you got to go, you want to be an actor, get on stage. You want to be a comedian, get on stage. Uh, That's the only way to do it. There's no way around that. Mm. Uh, They don't want to hear that, but that's just the cold hard facts.
3: Well, I've found... The biggest, where I know, <clears throat> when I know somebody's not truly into it or interested, is when they want some projections of what the income might be or what the reward might be. With so, a dabbling. Yeah, they go, well, how. The, the the number one question I ask, which kind of makes me realize they're not really into it, they go, "But how did you know? How did you know? How did you know it was going to work out? How would you know you and Kimmel? How would you know about the podcast?" I was like, "I never knew. Nobody yeah. never knows. It's an impossibility. Exactly. It's things, certain things we did weren't didn't, weren't even invented, so yeah. we'd have no possibility of knowing anything. We did it because that's what we wanted to do. Right. It wasn't it." If you would say to anybody, Hey, I'll give you a million dollars. If you go down this road and and explore this thing and go, None. there's a million bucks at the end. Like, yeah, of course. Everyone says yes. <laughs> yes. The, the, the real person is the, the person who wants to do it is where you go, go on that journey and go mm-hmm. walk a thousand miles. And, and when you get to the end, there may be no nothing there Amazing. or you may be out some money,
10: right? But and, and that's, you know, and, and look, as you go through life, you're not, you do not going through with blinders on. You know, if you start doing comedy, and you you suck. The crowd's going to let you know. People are going to let you know. And you you can figure it out. You don't have to go a thousand miles. You could go ten miles and go. Oh, I hate this. And they right. hate me. You know what? I'll be an agent.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. I or let's say you have and uh, no, no talent and no soul. And you say, I'll be a publicist. Like You know what I mean? There's,
10: there's, all <laughs> different levels. there's a lot of different there's levels. Yeah. A lot of but, different yeah, strata. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You, you start. You, guys, you just got to go. You got to do it. There's no shortcuts. And, and there's no guarantees. That's A lot of people want promises. There's no promises. And, well, and all these cliches do come into place. They, they, the cliches don't fall out of the sky. They're there for a reason. Um and and it's true. Um and I just the cliche just flew out of my mind. <laughs> I almost but, forgot it.
3: <laughs> but I'll, I'll buy you some time by saying, if you if you love playing basketball and you love playing pickup hoop, then you just go play pickup hoop. You don't go. Is there a piece of pie waiting for me at the end? You just go do it. And if you have to ask, like, well, what do we get? Do we get free pie after the game? Then you're not you into it. it. You're not yeah. into picking up hoop. You you should treat. Comedy or acting or writing or whatever, treat it like you love love a like sport. No and and a certain amount of people do get paid to play full time, and that yep. that could be you. But you have to be a person who just has is passionate about the, the sport. And I, I it always drives me nuts when I talk to some actor and I ask them what they're doing, and they're like, I audition for commercials. And I'm like, Well, but why are not you doing a play or something? Ah, like, eh, it's it takes up a lot of time. And you got to go down to the church basement. And they don't pay anything, you know. So I'd rather just go out for a, a gum commercial. And it's like, don't then you're not. You're yeah, I, I used to I used to beg
10: my, my improv troupe because we used to have to pay f- uh, uh, for uh, rehearsal space. Yeah. And I was like, guys, you know, we, none of us have any money. This sucks. Let's not pay for rehearsal, space. let's go in the park and we'll put a hat out and we'll just do we'll just do a, we'll just do skeins. We'll do our, we'll do a, what we normally do, but we'll get paid. We, you know, we may make a buck or two, and we don't have to pay for the space. And we'll put on shows and let's just go do it in the effing park. And they go, oh, no, oh, no.
8: Like, what what <laughs> do what cool don't you know?
10: Well, let's just go do it. I wanted to do shows all the time. I'm down for bits constantly. Even just sitting in the in, in, out, out here on the couch, I could do bits all day. Like it's just – it's in the blood, right? It's just well, like, part of what you
3: do. Yeah, I mean I had to – I was at the Acme Theater. I mean you you'd have to pay dues. Like, yeah. it, it, it's like people go like, you didn't get paid. It's like it's the opposite of me not getting paid. I paid. It was – Fifty bucks a month, and I didn't have car insurance mm-hmm. like I would to go work it off like at the theater and and stuff like that same thing at
10: the UCB and and I love these I feel like I got a graduate degree in comedy from the UCB I learned a lot about writing, I got so much stage time sketch uh improv I learned so much, I made so many great friends and connections I wouldn't trade a second of my time there I've never once in the fifteen years that I've been doing improv at the UCB never once have I been paid. <laughs> By them, and and I don't want to be paid. I didn't. I never asked to be paid. I don't expect to be paid. It's not something that's ever on my horizon because they gave me something else. You know, they gave me that stage time, and they gave me an education, and they gave me a place to play and grow and learn and fail and all those things. So I don't. But I've never been paid. It cost me money to take the train or take the bus or the you know on rainy nights a cab down to the theater. It cost me money, and I, I gladly handed it over because I felt like what I got back was. 10 times more valuable
3: that's the attitude love that semper fi man quick break to tell you about lifelock an arizona family was surprised with a change of address notification they didn't request it was an attempt to steal their mail and access personal info to steal their identities it's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives every day we put our info at risk on the internet in an instant Cyber criminals could harm your finances and credit. Good thing. There's LifeLock. LifeLock detects, I should say, helps detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has potentially been compromised, they'll send you an alert and you'll have access
0: to a dedicated restoration specialist. Right, Dawson? No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can keep what's yours, yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code ADAM. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use promo code ADAM for 25% off.
4: And that was Rob Riggle on The Adam Carolla Show back in 2018. And that'll do it for today's Corolla Classics. I want to remind everybody, if you want to request a clip or have a question for us, you can email us, classics at adamcarolla.com. Find us on Instagram at GiovanniGiorgio or at Mono one Slide in our DMs Yeah, let us know what you want to hear what clip you want to hear, and we appreciate you. We appreciate you being here. Just a reminder, if you're uh, in the Southern California Long Beach area, this Friday and Saturday I'll be playing at Marina Wine in Long Beach from 7 to 10 p.m. Some finger-popping acoustic tunes and uh, check out the Water Cooler Podcast. What do you got, Gio?
5: I just wanted to say uh, rest in peace to Gabe Shedd. Uh, Gabe was one of the original four interns in the Ace Broadcasting Days. Not our current Gabe, the uh, Chick-fil-A Jay Leno guy. was uh, a completely different dude. Uh, it was Katie Levine, Logan Moy, Gabe Shedd, and myself remotely. And uh, they became the first staffers before even Chris. And Gabe was a really cool guy. He left the show, I think, to go work on The Walking Dead back yeah. in like, 2011. Uh, he was 36 years old. He unexpectedly passed away in his sleep uh, last weekend. Uh, he loved Nathan Fillion, Bill Burr, Adam Carolla, and super into liberal politics. Really cool guy. Uh, really sad he's gone. Rest in peace, Gabe.
4: Yeah, rest in peace, and uh, and thanks for, for setting the path for all of us other lackeys. So, appreciate you. That's very nice. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for Carolla Classics. The Adam Carolla Show returns tomorrow with comedian Erica Rhodes in studio. Oh, wow. So, Make sure to tune into that and we'll see you next weekend. My name is Chris Laxamana. That's super Fan Giovanni. Follow and get on.
3: Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there. Owning, renting. You want to save some money? How about your bundle? Bundle your policies at GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle the homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you got so much to do already. Go to geico.com, get a quote, see just how much you could save at GEICO. That is geico.com today. That's geico.com. Another day,
2: another unknown. It could bring your biggest order yet or a new cyber threat. Whatever happens, Comcast Business will keep you ready with a network that can deliver gig speeds to the most businesses. Comcast Business. Powering possibilities.
1: Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary.